What's up, everybody? Welcome to Game Face, episode 350 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host and the founder of Sifted, here to deliver a couple hours of awesome video game discussion with my good friend, Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Oh, July. Yeah. Well, you have a big week this week. You got Game Face today, and mm. then you got to start getting ready for Comic-Con this weekend, right? Yeah, there's a uh, one of the short films is in the film festival there on Saturday. That's awesome, man. So. That'll be your biggest viewing ever, I'm guessing, of the film. Probably not. Wait, which one, actually? Which, which of the two films? Flat Earther. The, oh, okay. The, the date, the political one. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know about that. Because, oh, really? Because, to be honest, I didn't know there was a film festival there until we submitted for it. It's in the, the Marriott Hotel, one of the ballrooms there. Um, I mean, we had a few hundred people at a couple of those festivals. I don't know how many people are going to show up. Well, the, the screenings that I went to, there's probably 200 people in that theater, would be my guess. Was like, that? Is it like the for the film festival? Yeah, at the one Diego? that I went to. Yeah, the screening hmm. seemed what like screening? 150, maybe screening of what? Both your films, remember? Oh yeah, yeah. I think meant can't Comic Con. No, no. Yeah. The, I mean, there was a couple hundred people at that. So. No, I'm. This is like a ballroom in a hotel. I don't think it didn't fit that many people. No. Uh, so. Still, still, it's it's some important uh, it's some good, important eyeballs wandering around those be. streets. Yeah. Are you excited? Um. Sure, I mean, I've done this too much to be But it's, it's Comic-Con, Matt, something that we covered for years and years, and now you're a part of it. You're not, I should be there covering your ass on the red carpet. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of people we know are, are, are on panels. This, yeah. It's, it's, it's fine. And also, this is an interesting one because all the Hollywood stuff isn't there. Right. Because the all strikes. because of the strikes. Yeah. What is Comic-Con going to be this year without the might, celebrities? Might actually be comics. Yeah, it might um, actually go back to what it was originally started for. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, we don't count for that because we're a micro-budget short film. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I am not the uh, AMPTP, <laughs> uh, shockingly enough. Yeah. But, um, no, it's, uh, it should be fun. We're going to yeah. do the thing. We got a bunch, we got six of the crew going, and uh, it'll be, we'll do a little Q&A thing and uh, see some of the other ones there. I'm curious. It's interesting because, like, they go by genre and, like, so I think I submitted this one in like the, like the thriller, suspense side or something, and like it's I mean it's a it's a date with an argument yeah but it's not it's not a it's not a genre picture right right, right. you know it's like um, aliens don't show up or anything like that um, so I don't know it's 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 I wonder how that's that'll go over sometimes you get some. You know, if, if if it'll if it'll play or if it'll be like if it's like get your politics out of my right, Comic right. Con film festival <laughs> thing. I don't know. I don't think anything like that'll happen. Probably not. We'll see. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm I'm rooting for you. It's really great to see um, mm -hmm. you doing something with your films at Comic Con. To me, that's a huge milestone. I know you're just kind of saying all oh, whatever. To me, your friend, I think it's a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. So congratulations. I think it's awesome. I hope everything goes great. Um, I have to say, Matt, I have very little interest in ever going back to Comic-Con. Yeah, actually, I'm, your thing would be something I would consider going back for. Something like that, but otherwise... I mean, well, same. Yeah. Touche. So, so like, um, yeah, Comic-Con is not my, uh, not my favorite. Yeah. Uh, maybe I, what it used to be. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this year it'll be good because like, there won't be... But again... I can't imagine if, like, you pay the obscene amount of money they charge for tickets for badges to this thing, mm -hmm. and 
they cancel all the Hollywood panels. I can't imagine that you just be like, oh, I guess we're just not going to go. Like, yeah. you already paid for it. You're stuck with it. You might as well go see what you can see. Well, I saw Sifter, uh, AJ the Legend Watson, is going. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm already off work. I'm ramping up for Comic-Con. I do hope you have an awesome time. I hope everyone who goes has an awesome yeah. time. I'll um, try and, I can try running to Cliff. Cliff Blazinski. Cliff Blazinski, who's there for a couple panels. For his, he's got his new comic book. His new launching. comic book, Scrapper. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's also doing, I think he's doing like some kind of game-related like like panel, kind of panel, panel of experts sort of thing. Yeah. I think so. That, I'm sure you'll run into some of our old friends there. Yeah. There's PR people running the game stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to go to the right bar after the show closes, and you'll be golden. Yeah, well, usually that's the Marriott lobby. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. You sit in the Marriott lobby, and half of Comic-Con will just walk past yeah. you over the course of the afternoon. Yeah, so. that's pretty accurate. It will be different, Comic-Con without the celebs. Because that's the one thing I remember about Comic-Con that actually was kind of disturbing mm. to me, was watching the people flip out over the celebrities. Because if you work in this industry, you get to know these people, and you realize they're just people. Mm-hmm. They just happen to do a job where they make a lot of money. To me, they're no different than, like, a hedge fund manager or somebody like that who makes a ton of money. They're just really good at what they do. But to a lot of people in America, it's not that way. They look at them as these, they look at them differently mm-hmm. than I do. So it was a little, I was like, wow. Cause you could see one of them walk across the floor and just watch. It was almost like a beehive yeah, watching it was like an amoeba. Yeah. Amoeba. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten stuck like trying to walk somewhere when the walking dead cast crossed the thing and you're stuck there for like 10 minutes yeah. where everybody loses their mind getting like, like smashing a mosh pit yeah. yeah i mean i've known people that camped out overnight in full cosplay for the game of thrones panel mm-hmm. which like man i would feel silly now <laughs> having done if i'd done that but like and you're like you know there was i was there the year the guy got stabbed in the eye mm-hmm. for, at hall h for stealing somebody's seat or something it's just like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like I get the, the kind of the, the thrill of being in the room while you got all your all the people you like from your show and one you know, yeah, yeah. like it, you know the supernatural panel was always like pretty cool if you like that show I guess mm-hmm. and like but I don't know it's just never been it's never been a thing. I mean the celebrities when me. you talk to them they're like that they're like I'm just a dude mm-hmm. who like got lucky like I had this audition that like I. Just I had an a, on day that day, and from then it was just like like they're just people. But I guess when people don't aren't around them enough, they don't look at them that way. So well, the parasocial relationship thing didn't start with Twitch. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, so anyway, here we are for Game Face three fifty, kind of a milestone episode. Um, three hundred and fifty episodes. That is just crazy that mm-hmm. we've done this many. I would like to add up the hours and the minutes of Game Face that we've done so far up to this point. Like I just. Wouldn't. Hundreds of thousands of minutes. It's pretty awesome. And thanks to all you guys who support us and have been along for the ride. In fact, you guys are going off already in chat. We've already hit the hype train level eight. Are you freaking kidding me? Setting a new record. Are you kidding me? I thought it stopped at five. What the hell is going on here? What are you guys doing? Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Definitely the biggest hype train ever for Game Face. Wow, this is amazing. I noticed when the show kicked off that a ton of you guys had subscribed to Twitch Prime before the show even started. I was like, oh, what's going on here? Like, I think we hit level three or four before the show even kicked off today. Hmm. Uh, you guys got a got an itch in your crawl. I love it. Let's go up here and thank people who are helping us do this. Cinetite, thank you for gifting subs. Rosencrans, thank you for subscribing at Tier 1. Snark, thank you for Twitch Prime. Sound Wizard, thank you. Um, I always say this wrong. Nick's Twa. Nick's Twa. Thank you again for buying subs. You did it last week as well. You guys are awesome. Sound Wizard, thank you for gifting these Tier 1 subs. Much love, man. He and I have actually been in contact with each other here over the last uh, couple weeks. And um, 
He's going through some stuff, so send him some uh, good vibes if you can. Uh, Mitchell is alive. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, not Cirque, thank you. JM Rain, what's going on? Buying Tier 1 subs. It's insane how many Tier 1 subs people have bought today. This is incredible. Um, AJ the Legend Watson says, back to its roots, talking about Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think AJ has been going since when it was really a comic show. Yeah, I mean, so I was there once in 96 when it was actually the comic convention that you think of when you think of a comic. And that was cool. But then I went back 10 years later and it was like E3 Junior. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of the way it's been since. David Nordique, or Nordic, thank you. Cinetype, thank you for Twitch Prime. Caustic uh, Kip? I think Costa that's Kip. Yeah, Costa I guess so. Kip. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Manny on the Moon, thank you. Uh, Nexa Twa, thank you. Corey Film, thank you. Too Quick Capri, thank you. You guys are awesome. P291, thank you. The Big Smoke 82, thank you. You guys are the shit. <laughs> I never swear like this in the opening of the show because sometimes it gets you demonetized, but I can't help it. This is awesome. Level only the nine. first 30 seconds. What'd you say? It's only the first 30 seconds. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was like the first eight minutes or whatever. We're probably past that anyway. Level nine of the hype train. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. Never dreamed when we kicked off the show today that this was going to happen. This is great. And we really need it, too. Oh, and here's some more. Veritas, thank you. Noxator Nidus, thank you. Ultimate Villain, Talimper, thank you, thank you, thank you. Very Gooster. Wow, this is awesome. It's like you guys all coordinated behind my back to just give us Twitch Prime all at once. Hmm. It's really awesome. Thanks, guys. That's amazing. Um, what a great way to kick off the show. Got a little kick in my step now. Uh, let's see. It's been slow as hell in games this week. <laughs> That's the irony. We have an awesome audience today. And a ho-hum show. I want to say ho-hum. But um, it's been slow. Uh, so we're definitely going to have time to get to name that game today. I'll just, I'll just put that out there right now. Um, July is always a slow time of year. In fact, I'm surprised so many of you guys are live on the chat. Like last week... Um, our unique numbers were down as far as unique viewers, but that's the summertime. People are on vacation. You're out doing fun stuff. I hope you're doing that. Um, you should be out doing that. You can watch Game Faces and Archive on your phone no matter where you are in the world if you're a patron or a subscriber. Uh, so get out there and make it happening. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite lines from one of my favorite TV shows, um, Gold Rush. You ever watch that show? No. There's some guy there that's from like, I don't know, I think he's from the Netherlands or something and he's a gold miner and his English isn't great, but his English is awesomely not great. <laughs> he like says things that are so funny and one of his big one of his big phrases is make it happening <laughs> so you guys are making it happening on our chat today which is awesome um <laughs> vincent says you're not 90 minutes on exoprimal oh we're gonna get to exoprimal um we definitely have some things to say not 90 minutes worth of things to say unfortunately though i wish it was so awesome that we could talk about it for 90 minutes that'd be great uh and look what i have people i finally decided to make a graphic for housekeeping. Hmm. <laughs> I figure we've been doing this for like a year and a half now. We might as well make a graphic for it finally. Um, because a lot of times people may come to the stream and not know what the hell's going on. They'll just see a trailer running or whatever. So I figure we put some branding in the housekeeping section. And we do have, I'll say this, we do have a lot of housekeeping to get to for this episode. So let's get started right away. Um, Matt, probably the biggest story maybe this week is that Xbox and Microsoft are basically killing Xbox Live in favor of a brand new product called Game Pass Core. Now, Matt, what I will contend with Game Pass Core is that this was a plan all along. So I don't know if you realize, because you may not even go grab the games anymore, but the free games that we've been getting on Xbox Live for the last year have been abysmal. I I mean... I didn't even realize that was a thing anymore. 
well, they were continued doing it, and the games were so bad that it's like I didn't even. I still was going and grabbing them probably seventy percent of the time, but there were months where. After doing it consistently for like over a decade, there were months where I did not even bother to go and claim the games. And so to me, I feel like Microsoft knew this was coming all along and they were just basically tanking Xbox Live free games with gold so that people, when they went away, were like, ah, whatever, I don't miss them. And that does mm-hmm. seem to be what's happening. Like the when we put up the story yesterday on Sifted, a lot of the responders were like, I don't really care because the games are so bad that it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I, don't, I would never even have thought of that unless you, until you said it. Yeah, but I think that was... My, look, I'll say this. It's a genius plan. It sure seemed to work. Uh, at least on our audience, it did. And our audience is really savvy. They pick mm-hmm. up on stuff like that really easily. But I saw this coming, um, and it's the same price. So here's the, the swap, is that instead of getting two or three free games that you can keep forever, as long as you're a subscriber... Now there's a collection of like, I think it's a dozen or maybe 24 games every month that you can choose to play from. So you're basically getting like a very limited selection of games from Game Pass instead of getting the two or three games for free that you can keep forever. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Do you think it's a fair trade-off? Sure. I mean, I haven't thought about that in forever. And like, honestly, like if you're going to spend the money on doing like a giveaway a game thing, why, why not use it for Game Pass mm-hmm. instead? Um there's also the argument to be made that they were kind of out of games to give yeah. away. Yeah, like, we could give I mean, them away for that how long. long can you, start, you do that? You have to hope that they keep releasing new indie games, yeah. basically. And they do. I mean, there's so many games released every year now that there's a never-ending supply of free games you could give away. Um, I personally would prefer the two to three, three free games that I get to keep forever. Because after this happened, I went back. And also, while my nephew was here last week, he was going through all my libraries. And like, I didn't even realize, Matt, how many games I have. He was blown away. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about it. And I looked, and I was like, oh, my God. Look at how many games I have. Like, more than half of those are from Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. Like, from the two to three games. And, and for a long time, they were great. Your, you don't realize how big your digital library is. It's insane. Like, my Xbox library from the whole 360 era, because obviously I was editor-in-chief, and I was getting everything sent to me. So I got every game from that whole entire era. All the free stuff from Xbox Live. That's just Xbox Then I go over to my PlayStation library, and it's hundreds and hundreds of games big. Um, So I would prefer to get the games that I get to keep, because I'm never going to drop my subscription. I'm always going to at least want to play online on Xbox, so I'm always going to have at least that. I personally would prefer to get the free games that I get to keep forever instead of, like, this selection that they choose every month that I can play. I mean, my guess is most of I mean, I wouldn't, because I don't get to pick the free games. Yeah. Like, sometimes you get something really good, but that was mostly early on in the program. Well, I think for a long These, time you got good stuff. Eh, like, a lot of stuff I already had, because they, came, they mm-hmm. hit that so late, and, like, they were already five bucks by the time you, mm-hmm. they hit free sometimes. Yeah. And, this, you know, Game Pass gives me something I want to play day release, which I think is better, mm-hmm. um, certainly for someone who plays the way I play. So, yeah, I think I... It should say something that the new system absorbs me enough that I didn't even realize the old system was still in place. So <laughs> My guess is that the games that they give you each month are probably going to be all their games. That way that they don't have to pay somebody mm-hmm. to put those games into that collection. Yeah. Well, I imagine it'll, it'll be kind of like a PlayStation Plus model where it's good but not amazing mm-hmm. kind of just stuff. have to tease yeah. you to try to get you to go up the yeah. tier to get the real lot, game a lot of stuff with expansions and add-on content mm-hmm. you know like one of the smartest things that like playstation plus can do is give away like a bandai namco rpg because that has four thousand right. bikini dlc well i mean add-ons. the dlc never ends yeah dragon ball z kakarot just got dlc this week matt mm-hmm. the game is like four years old 
it really is insane. Like, if you want a good deal in gaming, just buy one of Bandai Namco's, like, anime-based games. They support them forever. Mm-hmm. You will never, ever run out of DLC. They'll always add characters. They'll, I mean, they add, like, story beats and all kinds of stuff to those games. It just goes on for eternity. So those are always a good deal if you actually like to play them in the first place, which for me, I pretty much don't. <laughs> so anyway, that's a big shift for Microsoft. That's 20 years of Xbox Live gone. Mm. And here's the really sad part, Matt. I finally remembered to bring Taps and put it on the TriCaster, and then I forgot to get it off the hard drive and put it on the TriCaster. Mm. <laughs> After all these years of like something dying, I'd be like, man, I really wish we had Taps on the TriCaster. Today, with Xbox Live, I was like, oh, this is it. I'm like, it's X- the death of Xbox Live. I'm going to put taps on the TriCaster, and we're going to play it. And I totally forgot to transfer it from the, CX- the external hard drive that it was on. So anyway, rest in peace, Xbox Live. I mean, that's pretty insane to have a brand that goes on for 20-some years and to kill it. Yeah, It just doesn't happen all that often. Will we get to keep our 20 years of service? I think so. Things? I think so. Like the little badge that you get. And that's what I use, actually, is my badge. I use that for uh, PSN as well. Like my, my tenure or whatever that I got for yeah. that. Um, I still have one of the beta test. Uh, the Xbox Live kits. things? Yeah. yeah. With the, it was not my gamer tag because it was uh, Ryan Vance's oh. license back. I don't think you can even have a gamer tag that short anymore. I mean, I have Dinfire. This is four letters. Uh, yeah, that so. may be hard. Um, People ask me all the time. They'll message me on Xbox and just be like, how did you get your name? Yeah, I, got, I was literally signed up day one. Yeah, and have well, kept they, they, myself because the they probably time. think it's a Zelda reference. Yeah, they they um, do. Yeah, but they're just because everybody else is like a numbers. name plus I, fifty numbers or whatever. Last year, at some point, I had somebody make fun of me because I didn't have any numbers in my name. It's like, how come you don't have any numbers in your name? What the hell's wrong with you? I'm just like, I'm old enough that we didn't have to do that yet. <laughs> I often wonder, like, I wish I could see. I wish people could see me. Like when they're playing against me, like in Call of Duty or whatever, because, you know, that nobody assumes I'm as old as I am. Mm-hmm. And if they do assume that, they don't think I'm as good as I am. So I would love to see the reaction on people's faces if they saw who they were playing against and who just murked them. Mm-hmm. Like some like middle-aged dude and they're like 13 or whatever. I would love to see that. So so anyway, rest in peace, Xbox Live. Um, I think it's still a couple weeks away before they turn it off and flip the switch and everything like that. Um, but, you know, as far as paying money to get a few free games every month and play online, that's not happening anymore. Instead, you're going to get a limited selection of games from Game Pass. And again, the new program is called Game Pass Core. Uh, next up, we're starting to finally hear some rumblings about The Last of Us Part 2. Um, but, well, I'm sorry, Part 3. We talked about that last week. But we're also getting some rumblings about The Last of Us Part 2 in that... They're going to rework the game. They are working on a new version of The Last of Us Part Two already. Hmm. Now, that could be, I think, one of two things. It could be a PlayStation 5 version, because we still don't have a dedicated PS5 version of the game. Or it could be the PC version of the game. I think it's both. You think it's both? Yeah. Because they are adding stuff. So, I think it was a voice actor or somebody who came out and said, oh, yeah, they're working on a bunch of stuff for The Last of Us Part Two, including, like, lines that were not in the original game or something. So they're actually adding content to the PS5 and PC version. What do you think the big plan here is? I mean, I would guess uh, they're going to align it somewhat with sort of how they're planning to adapt it for the show. Um, They are going to make it 60 frames per second, or at least give it a mode Mm -hmm. that does that. 
Um, you know, they're, they're not afraid to remake this series however many times they need you to sell you another <laughs> copy of it. So. Yeah. I mean, it, the funny part is I had to look it up and to get the exact release date. It actually has been out for quite a while at this point. It's mm. not like it just came out last year or whatever. There's, no, it's three years old. Yeah, so. so there's been a nice little buffer there already. Um, I, it will be interesting to see what it is. You know, if there are things that were on the cutting room floor from the original version of the game, or if there is stuff that they're developing anew. I don't know. Um, but pretty interesting. Just keep your ear to the ground or to sifted.net. We'll have all the information on that as soon as it breaks. Uh, but just know that either for the PS5 or PC version of The Last of Us Part Two, there are going to be extras. I also wonder, too, if it'll be enough extras to convince people to buy it again. Because when I said, Matt, what do you think the master plan is? I thought you were immediately going to say to get people to pay for it again. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, that really obvious. is what I think that's what the master plan is. Um, I think they want more than just like, oh, I own a PC. I've wanted to play that for a while. Now I'm going to buy it. I think they also want people like us who've already played it to maybe give it another go. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyway, just they, something they might also want to consider launching it not in a complete disaster state. Yeah, that would be a good step for PC yeah, specifically. For PC. Yep, and also uh, imagine this game made for PS5. How beautiful will it look? I mean, I imagine it'll look about the same. You really think? I think it'll just run better. Yeah. I mean, PS5 versions are a pretty significant step up at this point, typically. Yeah, but what else can you do to that shot? I mean, it's already so gorgeous. You're right. I don't know, but I think it will look better somehow. It is Naughty Dog. They're kind of wizards. So anyway, just keep an eye out for that. We'll hear more information on new versions of The Last of Us Part 2, I think probably in the very near future. Uh, next up, Matt, did you know that Edge Magazine still existed? Yes. I did not know that. I thought it had people, gone away. Sometimes people talk about scores from that, yeah. Because its website went away. We used to curate from Edge, and we had yeah. them in our admin, and the website just stopped publishing. So we obviously we took them out from curation. We don't curate from them anymore. But as it turns out, Edge is still published as a paper magazine. And this month's episode, they had an interview with a developer from Star Wars Outlaws who shared a couple tidbits about the game. The biggest of which is that the planets in this game, each planet is as big as the worlds in Assassin's Creed. In the modern Assassin's Creed games. Well, which one? Now, they haven't said... Because they're all very how many, different sizes. Right. They, well, they haven't said how many planets total there are yet in Outlaws. So we don't know. There could just be two. Or well, <laughs> we, from the from the clips in this, we see there's at least four. Yeah. So there's at least a desert planet, this planet, uh, an ice planet, and a city, and Coruscant. Mm-hmm. So at least four. Yeah, I mean, so that's four times the size of the latest Assassin's That's gigantic. Is there a point where it just gets too big? Well, yeah, Valhalla. Yeah, I mean, so if this is four but times of, the size of part Valhalla. part of the problem with Valhalla is that it's boring. Right. After a certain, like, I, that's true. I, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I find all the stuff in Valhalla where you play as uh, Odin in, like, the mythology, I find all that stuff is incredibly bad. I, th just, I honestly thought the game was boring in general. I like the generally, but it just, you, uh, you know, what, how many, you gotta, like, take over every province or whatever mm -hmm. in England, and, like, I think by the two-thirds mark, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I don't yeah. need to go to another province and have the same sort of 
oh, the new ruler that is sort of friendly to us doesn't know how to solve this problem, so I guess we better solve the problem. Oh, solving the problem turned out to be just killing a bunch of people, and now we got to sit through a party again. Like it, yeah. it was, it all felt very samey, and I couldn't tell you, you know, when everybody showed up at the end battle, like you know, all the allies you'd made. Showed, I'm like, I don't know who any of you fuckers are. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I'm sorry, this game took me three years to play, and I don't remember who any of you are, or what you did, or what I did for you, or anything. Yeah, now to your point, now, to your point, I will say... I don't think I will have that problem in a Star Wars game. Yeah, I don't think you will either. Um, to your point, though, I I did play probably like 25 or 30 hours of it before I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. Oh, you don't want to know how, how long I played it. I know, I already know. You've told me already. But, so it's not like I thought it was a bad game. I just think it was just too big and too bloated. Like, yeah. I just think there's a point where it's just too much. You can, I mean, you can make something really big, but you got to have a reason to, to make it that big. And you got to... Instead gotta of just copying and pasting. Engage me the whole time. Yeah. And Valhalla doesn't do that. I mean, I hope to God that's not what happens with Outlaws. I mean, any game runs out of tricks eventually. Yeah. Um, you just, you just got to hope that the core gameplay is fun. And I think part of the problem with Valhalla is the core gameplay was not particularly interesting. Whereas, like, I thought the core gameplay of Odyssey stayed cool the whole time, mm-hmm. even though that game was also really long. I played that for 40 or 50 um, before I... I played that game for, like, 150 yeah. hours. But, like, I thought... The it was combat, a better game. Because she had more... Uh, she kind of had more magic to her. Like, she, mm-hmm. like, you know, Cassandra was a more agile character... She couldn't get hurt by fall damage because yeah. after a certain upgrade, um, like the magic abilities of the Leonidas spear were always sort of in play in the combat, and you can do that in Valhalla. But Valhalla is very much more a overwhelming force combat system, and it just doesn't. It's just there's nothing as efficient as just whacking a guy with a single-handed with a double. Basically, once you get the ability to wield a double-handed sword with one hand. There's very few things yeah. that can stand up to you. Yeah. And doing other stuff with your various abilities is really just sort of filling time. Yeah. Sneaky says that Ireland still has a few magazines and bookshops. Uh, Edge, Game Informer, Nintendo, and Games Master off the top of his head. Yeah, there really aren't any here. No, I don't think there are. I don't think there's even one left. No, no. Game Informer. They still publish Game Informer, don't they? Do they? I think they do. Maybe. That, that would be it, though. That's Which gotta, is crazy. That's got to be near the end, though, because of the situation with GameSpot, though. GameStop. Though. Yeah, you would think. Um, but yeah, you would think the market is. I thought big Game Informer went to an online-only model. Like they send you a PDF or something. I thought it did still publish a paper mag. Maybe not. There may be none. I mean, I know the answer. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm surprised they've lasted as long as they have. Yeah, that, that's, it's pretty that's impressive. A, a very impressive run it for is. Game Informer. Yeah, especially given where they were based. Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of people, when they heard this news about Outlaws, were like, "Yahoo!" I was kind of like, "Oh, I don't, I don't, I wasn't celebrating." I guess is how I, I would put it. Well, we'll see. I mean, Massive uh, does tend to know how to fill space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like this is the Assassin's Creed team. Yeah. Um, I don't, you know, right now I don't particularly care because I just want to play it. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be worried about how overly big or bloated this game is until about 40 or 50, 60 hours into it. <laughs> and by that point, who cares? You That's know? a good point. Yep. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it looks like Star Wars Outlaws. Yeah, I do, I do believe you could probably go to all those places you can see in the background there. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm sure that's that's an element. Yeah, but, but bottom that's, line is... That it's, Skyrim preview really traumatized open world designers. <laughs> it's just like, you can go there. It's like, yeah, it's like... Or what was, what was, the, what was the you can go there thing? What was that? Ooh. Remember that? I don't totally remember it. I'm just trying to remember which game it you was. You can go there, and, and then, like, like, you Whoa. totally could not. <laughs> what was, was that? It, no, it wasn't GTA. No. What? Was it Assassin's Creed? 
maybe I'm just assuming. No, there was a moment in time where they were a developer was demoing a game. And they pointed to the horizon, and they were like, you can go there. And everybody was like, oh, my God. It was Skyrim. He's like, see that mountain? You can climb it. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yep. Yeah, that's that's what Contano's saying. Contano. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Good call. Um, some people are saying Zelda, Breath of the Wild. I mean, Zelda did, did have that, but you could right. climb the mountain. Yeah. I mean, and because uh, because climbing the mountain, other than the main mountain in Skyrim, at where you know the top, where the, the where the temple is and stuff, you can climb the mountain if you just hop up like a crazy person, like and like yeah. hope you can abuse like the various clippings. You know, like you can't really climb the mountain like an actual mountain climber. You can sort of like hop up it. Yeah. And it was a very different thing. Breath of the Wild actually, you for climbed all, it for all its faults. You can actually <laughs> you climb can. the thing. Yeah, maybe more often than I than raining. I would enjoy. But yeah. Um, so bottom line is, it looks like Star Wars Outlaws is going to be a big game. I think that's yeah, what we can take I, away from this. I mean, I think the vertical slice implies that in, yeah. this, in this footage already. Yeah. Like, yep. So I guess it depends on your perspective. I was like a little, a little disappointed. I was like, I don't need it to be that big. Like to me, is, forty is, hours is like perfect for a game. I think an open world big. Th- I mean, I'm sure you can get through the main story in about forty hours. Yeah, unless. maybe. But if you want to hang out in the world and, do and a if bunch that's of the case, shit, I'm totally cool with that. There you go. But yeah. like, also interesting that this and uh, a couple of comics recently. Those commando dro- battle droids mm-hmm. are continually going rogue, like have a little more sentience than you might think. And it's interesting that that's a thing they're leaning into right now. Hmm. This idea that the post Clone Wars, those cl- those commando droids are doing weird shit. I mean, they should. If you think about where we are with AI already, if you're talking about Star Wars, it's supposed to be set so far in the future. Like, in the they past. should be sentient. Like robots should be totally sentient. Well, they it. are. That's that's one of the great unexplored or maybe intentionally ignored aspects of the star wars universe is they have a sentient slave race oh that's right droids yeah like the, yeah. the heroes of the original trilogy own two slaves yeah who definitely seem to be sentient beings yeah and i mean they touch on that in solo with uh, uh phoebe waller bridge's droid uh but it's played kind of for laughs when you yeah. but when you really think about it, it's like you know, and, and there's, a, there's a line in episode two where obi-wan says if, well, if droids could think we don't we none of us would be here yeah um and that's the other thing about the like, Clone Wars is like those droids should win like that, right? Like a, a computer-controlled aiming system versus a bunch of I don't care how good even if you bo- are Django a Jedi, is, yeah. like they're gonna win. Like <laughs> they, they should, can yeah. they can shoot you before you can see them. Yeah, like, it, yeah. It, it should be like this should all be over the horizon stuff basically. Yeah. But it's not partly. I mean, the way we get out of that is uh, it's all orchestrated and you know it's supposed to be World War One and right. Palpatine did it intentionally to, it, so they could intended the, for them to lose because you know and they cheaped on a lot of the parts and stuff. But um, even they, accidentally, there's a new game a miniatures game like Warhammer that just came out called Shatterpoint for Star Wars, mm-hmm. and they accidentally made those baseline battle droids really really good no. because in a combat system that relies on stuff like warhammer does massing a bunch of just like droids like that wins yeah because they're very good you know they do the job just well enough to be better than like a supposedly more powerful individual team yeah um so yeah there's an element to be explored here at some point that like the droids are an under underclass like like and and but the, but you can kind of get around that by the fact that in this universe the force exists and it energy field created by all living things, and inherently something that does not have a connection to the force is not a living sentient creature to these people. 
Um, but it still, does, it still doesn't really feel right, does <laughs> right, it? Yeah. And I'm very concerned that that is what the uh, uh, Quantic Dream game is going to be about. Oh. Because holy shit, are they not equipped to have that conversation, <laughs> as we scary. have seen. Yep. Yep. So anyway. Yeah. So anyway, Outlaws. I don't think that'll be in this game. I don't either. <laughs> Outlaws is looking like a big game. It looks like at the very least you're going to get your money's worth. Don't forget that's supposed to be coming out next year. That also makes me a little nervous. Hearing how big it is coming out next year, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'll be drafting it for ne- in next year's league. I think it'll come out next year. I just think you know they said early 2024, and I'm thinking more late 2024, yeah, like Q4. That's what I'm thinking too. Um, okay, so we finally truly reached the end of the Activision Blizzard acquisition by Microsoft. Um, there was one last hurdle in the U.S. to overcome after we uh, did the show last week, and that was the FTC had appealed. And we did we even talk about this last week about how they had appealed and we were like it's not going to happen because it's like a very like all experts agree that they yeah. shouldn't have appealed. Well, they lost their appeal, <laughs> just like Matt and I said. Um, and so, as far as the U.S. is concerned, it is clear sailing for the deal. Now, there's still stuff going on in the U.K. There, I don't think there's any way that holds up the deal in general, though. No. Like worst case scenario, it just screws up stuff. Yeah, in the worst UK. case scenario, they just ignore the U.K. forever, right. and that's the end of it. They just like, bail out of there. Um, but it sounds like get more benefit from just doing that than arguing to you know yeah. they're, they're, it's not a big enough market to make them back down from the deal yeah well if you need any further evidence that it really is a done deal that is that playstation came crawling back to microsoft this week yeah. and signed the 10-year deal for call of duty that it balked at and scoffed at when it was presented to them when they thought they had a chance to win the case mm-hmm. now that the case is over they come crawling back to xbox and they're like please let us sign that 10 yeah. that's, I mean, that's they, a 10 billion dollar deal by the way yeah, there's an argument to be made that you know they had to try yeah but like yeah don't begrudge them i mean you can't just roll over and let yeah. it happen so i will say this though maybe the ftc could have spent some time uh examining the idea that studios shouldn't control the streaming services yeah the way they shouldn't have controlled the theater distribution model in the golden age of Hollywood, which were, they were forcibly separated from. And yeah. that's why we have independent theater change now. It's true. Change now. Yeah. Uh, that might have been a better use of money and time than this bullshit. Yeah. Which was never, ever going to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a PlayStation owner and you were concerned about this whole acquisition, you're like, I could lose Call of Duty and a bunch of other games. At the very least, you're going to get Call of Duty for the next 10 years, the next decade. Mm-hmm. And I would argue then, and maybe... And by then, like, hopefully you've moved on. Yeah, or something better. Game. You would hope by then another shooter would come along that's better. Can somebody do it? I don't think shooters are popular enough to have that happen. Like, right otherwise, now. you mean outside of Call of Duty? Yeah, I don't think you could make a shooter that would catch fire like that. Call of Duty's on inertia right now. Mm-hmm. If shooters come back into vogue and something like that, it's possible. But mm-hmm. right now, like it's weird how like Call of Duty is gigantic, but that genre is nothing. Yeah, it is kind of small. Although, like you got dedicated is- people that constantly play their shooter of preference, but it is not a mainstream like mindshare genre anymore. The well, they've be. been working shooting into like everything now. Yeah. It's all just kind of bleeding together. Genre lines are blurring. So right, like, but first pers- every RPG has like a first person mode in it now. Right, but that's not the same thing as a first person dedicated shooter. first person like, shooter. Nothing yeah. moves that fast. Nothing yeah. nothing focuses that much on the aiming and the hitting. In the shooting. Yeah. Um you know, it's like and the boomer shooter thing is sort of an uh, an undercurrent at this point. Mm-hmm. But like it's not it's you know it used to be like yeah, there, there is a certainly a, a contingent of the audience that just plays to them video games are shooters but yeah. they've picked their shooter and that's what they play it's like madden yeah so they, they pick their shooter and they play that every year yeah and now they even said that the, this year's call of duty is a continuation of last year's call of duty 
So you're not even skipping years for the preferred you know, setting anymore. Well, also, all the they announced today that all the cosmetics, guns, and everything are going to carry over from last year's game to this year's game as well. So, I mean, it, you're not it, even losing like your progression from year to year. I mean, I'm surprised. They, I mean, it doesn't surprise me they didn't do that because Activision is a greedy little sack of bastards. But like, you know, making it more of a platform that moves forward is smart. Yeah, I think, and more along Microsoft's like you know way they plan stuff anyway. What do you um, think happens in ten years, Matt? Do you think that they take it away from PlayStation in 10 years? I don't know. Like, at that point, maybe PlayStation won't care anymore. Yeah. Like, we, there's no way to know whether Call of Duty will still be the juggernaut it is even today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they will. I think they will. Maybe. Take it away. Because it'll be 10 years after the deal. Like, there's no way the FTC is going to come back on them and be like, you told us, blah, blah, blah. It's, that's water under the bridge at that point. No, there's no way to separate that. Anymore. Yeah, I, I think in 10 years they take Call of Duty away. But again, to your point, who even if knows? It even matters. Who even knows what's happening in 10 years? It could be mm-hmm. insane. Like, they could, by then, they could stop making consoles. It could literally be Game Pass is just like a service and Xbox doesn't make Xboxes anymore. So, yeah, who possible. knows? Like, you just don't know what's going to happen. So, but if I would argue, if things stay the same, the way they they are now i probably would say that xbox or microsoft takes call of duty away from playstation and i think it's to me kind of a done deal already that the next diablo the next star like uh the next um what am i thinking i'm not starcraft starcraft although i would argue those games probably never come to playstation again uh, I mean, again, it takes them 10 years to make a Diablo, so... It depends on the money, too. Yeah. Like, the, by then, they'll have figured out, is it smarter to keep selling these games on PlayStation or put them on Game oh, Pass? Oh, I mean, Diablo 4 is going to exist on PlayStation for, you know... 10 years. Two, two generations. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> you're right. Yeah. yeah I, I guess, like, your, your canary in that coal mine is when the PlayStation 6 comes out, does Diablo get an update to work on it? Right. Yeah. And I would argue it probably does. I would imagine it would, yeah. yeah. But Diablo 5... I don't know. I don't know if it matters. Like, it, it, like it. I mean, there would have to be a pretty big shift in Microsoft's strategy in terms of wanting to shift hardware versus software. Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft is oh is a software company. It is first yeah. and foremost, and they seem That's to true. have remembered that at some point. Yep. Um, really, they're an OS company, but yeah. So anyway, finally, this is all put to rest. We don't have to talk about. <laughs> Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard anymore. Um, it's a done deal. It is happening. Um, it looks like the deal could go through pretty quick too. Although they're talking about extending the deal. I mean, I think time I think they'll sign the deal fairly quickly, but actually Im- implementing it is going to take a long oh, time. I mean, they're two behemoths. Like trying to merge those two, it's crazy. There's gonna be a lot of layoffs. Now, just, just just fumigating Bobby Kotick's office. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of layoffs from redundancies because you figure yeah. HR, marketing, all those departments, you don't need two of them anymore. Although they did kind of leave Bethesda alone. Like, I still talk to Bethesda PR people. Like, yeah. they haven't dissolved, like, that department and made me start talking to people at Xbox. Well, like, they would never do. I mean, every all those developers, except the really small, still have their PR. They're just wings of Xbox. You know, they yeah. answer to Xbox marketing yeah. now. Yeah. But Probably got a nice raise. you don't want to do all that stuff, you know in the home office you want to have people that are embedded in the in the team over there i think yeah. that makes sense yeah microsoft's always done that you know yeah. even even back in the old back in the day like you know epic was still doing their own pr people for gears yeah um yeah it makes it just makes sense um 
Yeah, the redundancy is is leadership more than it in, ter- in terms of executive leadership. And the, yeah. some of those people will be moving on yeah, too. You don't need. Uh, they'll be fine. Most of those. Yeah, people yeah. Are golden they'll get their golden quality. parachute yeah. and they'll float down to the ground. Don't worry about them. Yeah, they'll be fine. Um, next up, we have a major development in the European Union that could have trickle down effects for a lot of different products. Um, and what we found out this week is that the EU is requiring that hardware manufacturers that make handhelds manufacture them in such a way that you can replace the battery. And that is going to happen by 2027, so not that far away. That's a, that's some consideration. So if you're Nintendo right now, what are you doing, Matt? Trying to find a way to get the Switch 2 classified as a game console. Mm-hmm. So it's not... Mm-hmm. But that's tough. <laughs> yeah. Because... Especially if you want to do something like the Switch Lite. Mm-hmm. It's a little easier if it's just a Switch where it actually is a console and a handheld, but then you try to make something like this. Well, you just do, you just build in like a, it, it'd be like a little battery pack thing and you sell it yourself proprietarily and you charge an obscene amount of money for it. It'll just become like the memory upgrade for the Xbox, basically. You mean... Uh, you- Sell batteries at a high price. Battery pack. Yeah, like it does. It, you're, they don't have to be like Duracells. They're, I mean, they kind of should have been doing this already. This is supposed to be like you know, the, basically the rechargeable part of the battery needs the lithium battery needs. You need to be able to replace it. Yeah. So now it's so now it'll just be like a game cartridge. You just slide it out, put a new one in. Like, Why do you think that they haven't done this with phones? Why do you think the EU is going after handhelds and not going after the cell phone market? Because it's too big to try to tell it to correct like this. I don't know. Probably because people are more likely to like dispose of a game console in the trash as opposed to recycling. You know, a lot of places have give the old phone to them and they recycle it properly. That doesn't really exist for game game handles. Oh, do you think that's the angle on this? It's a recycling, recycling. issue. I think it's a safe disposal of the lithium. I thought balance. they were looking out for consumers. No, give me a break. <laughs> Being like, you know what? You should be able to replace the battery in your no, handheld th- because you should be able to no, replace I think this is an environmental thing. Interesting. To make them easier to separate from the unit. I hadn't thought about that. I really thought it was just them looking out for consumers and being like, you can't tell someone they can't replace the battery in their handheld with, oh, on my, their own. my sweet summer child. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm innocent, man. Also, does this does this not apply to phones? Aren't ha- phones handheld devices? They should be. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Maybe it does apply to phones. Well, the problem is, is that I read a story that was written for people like me, for game people. Right. And they did not include in the story that I read whether it would be for cell phones. But, I mean, imagine trying to tell Apple. Erebus Jones says it's all handheld electronic devices. I mean. Not just not just games. It's that's a nightmare. Phones. Imagine you're Apple or even, you know, any Samsung or any manufacturer of, mm. of I mean, smartphones. I'll, I mean, I'll admit that's one of the main uh, motivations I have when I upgrade my iPhone is the the battery won't hold a charge all day yep. anymore. Yeah, the battery starts to get weak. If if that didn't happen, I would have waited years longer to upgrade a couple of my old phones. I don't think that this is going to work for cell phones and smartphones because they the way that they have to make them to fit the technology into the form mm. factor. Like telling them that they now have to build it in such a way that you can take the battery out and put the battery back in. Yeah, you're gonna definitely have a a um like a form factor issue. There. Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea, honestly. I think it'll make the devices way worse. Well, and bigger you might and just have it be like a thing where you have to make it, or maybe maybe it doesn't have to be replaceable by the user. Maybe it just has to be, you know, because one of the things if you take the to a shop, you take or an iPhone in and be like, hey. My phone, my battery doesn't hold a charge anymore. They're like, well, there's not much we can do about that. It's it's part of the main, you know, it's it's glue, glue soldered in there. There's not much you can do. You've got to buy a new one. 
I love um, how this Asus Rogue trailer, it's like, if you get locked out of the house, it's a perfect time to play yeah. our $600 piece of electronics. Did someone steal your keys? <laughs> How often? I mean, I haven't been locked out of my house in like 12 years, but okay. <laughs> uh, the one thing, too, I saw... How though, would like, you get locked out of your house? I don't know. Well, it like only I, happens when you need a reason to like play I, a handheld as an adult. I get I'm just, I'm just trying to imagine how that works. I don't know. Um, the other thing, too, Matt, is that like, there's a lot of legislation passing right now that's requiring manufacturers of electronics to manufacture things in such a way that you can fix it yourself in general. Because mm-hmm. um, there's like the, what is that website called? You Fix It or something like that? Sure. I think they filed like class action lawsuits or something to make devices repairable or something without having to just get a whole new device. So there are all kinds of law in all territories going off about this stuff right now. Um, this one seems to be one of the uh, most direct um, and it could have wide-ranging implications. Kevin Roffa says the products will get a rating that shows how easy it is for a consumer to change the battery. Mm. So if you're, if it's really hard, you just so get the bad rating? Yeah, I don't know. And again, they got three years yeah, to figure it out. There's time to figure it out. So we'll see how it goes, but it could have huge implications, particularly, you know, we're right on the cusp here of learning I mean, about knowing Switch App- 2. Knowing Apple, they might just be like, here's here's the giant fat euro iphone there you go and now everybody else gets the normal one they'll make exactly and then the people of europe will get angry and they'll get rid of the legislation (laughs) they'll just charge more for the one or they could do that too yeah Yeah. so anyway something to keep in mind especially now that we're kind of right on the cusp of learning about switch 2 like you gotta wonder if nintendo now is like oh okay um we maybe need to reconsider a couple things Assuming that Switch 2 is going to be just like Switch 1 and be a console handheld I mean, hybrid. they'd be which, crazy not to. I mean, it would be insane for I Nintendo. I mean, the end result might end up being like Europe doesn't get the Switch 2 for a while. Yeah. They have to design a new version of it yeah. for them. But then you have to open up new lines of Oof. production, and that's not cheap or quick. Yeah. Like, Unless this rating thing means you can still have it not replaceable. And just have a zero just rating just or whatever. Have, it's like, yeah, it's like a rated X equivalent for battery. <laughs> it's like a scarlet letter yeah. or something like that. But anyway... It's really crazy just to be talking about handhelds. Handhelds are kind of bigger than ever right now, Matt. Not just like no. not just like the Asus Rogue or the Steam Deck or the Switch. There are all these little like independent handhelds. And most of them are illegal, like emulator handhelds, honestly. Mm-hmm. But there's just so many of them now. I can't even keep track of them all. So I mean I have a couple of the what are those? The the real the fancy ones. I can't remember the name. Uh, there's like 50. But I can't even like, keep track of them. It, they're, it they're, they're like the, the expensive one. They're like they're hardware emulation. They're not like software stuff. But mm-hmm. like, so I have like the one that's like, it looks like a Game Boy Advance, like the, the, the old Game Boy Advance or Game Boy Pocket really looks more like. And you, but you can plug any Game Boy cartridge into it and it plays it oh. natively. Wow, that's great. Um, I, I have that. I can't remember the name of the damn company, but I have that. I have the... Um, the Super Nintendo, they did like mm-hmm. that. And I have an adapter for that handheld that plays Game Gear games, because I have a lot of Game mm-hmm. Gear games, and uh, Turbo Express. And yeah. then they're doing a Turbo Duo version that I ordered. Like, they are they are um, analog. That's it. And, they, and so that is, like, really cool. Uh, I want to say that. I think that's FPGA is what that's called. It's basically, like, you are emulating the hardware except with higher-end hardware, so they run a little better. They, they, mm-hmm. they look right, but they run a little better, and they're on a nicer screen. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, there's all kinds of little projects like that that are just popping up all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like late at night, I watch like YouTube sometimes, and like this just <laughs> there's so many. It's hard to keep track of them all. It's hard to believe that there's a market for all of them, and maybe there isn't. 
Um, but I think handhelds are. I mean, bigger the now analog stuff bit. sells out like that. Yeah. So clear. I mean, they don't make a ton of them, but mm-hmm. clearly there's a market for it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, so anyway, maybe change is coming to the handheld scene in the very near future. Um, we got a little bit of, well, I guess it depends on your perspective, a little bit of bad news this week. Um, we found out that Major Nelson is retiring, leaving Xbox. Mm-hmm. I found out that Major Nelson was still working at Xbox. You didn't know? I don't really follow that. What is what do you mean by that? <laughs> like internal PR or something. I don't what does he do? I don't know. I he used to be like pretty prominent all the time and I haven't heard anything out of him for years. Well yeah, he used to host their their uh, big press conferences. Yeah. He'd have his little section in there. He's he's been doing this podcast for Xbox officially for a couple years now. Um, there's a show that we curate every week called This Week on Xbox, clever name. Um, and he is does the voiceover for that, but he disappeared like a month ago, and he stopped doing the voicing for that. And I that sent up the red flag for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What? Why, why would he stop doing that?" I was like, "Okay, he's on vacation for a couple weeks." Then it got to like week five, and I was like, "He's not on vacation anymore." And then he comes out and shares that he is leaving. Didn't say where he's going or what he's doing. Do you think he's leaving on his own accord, or do you think they're like, you know what, you're too old? To be this kind of the the talking head for Xbox. No, the, the gap there makes me wonder if he's okay. Oh, really? Interesting. If he misses a bunch of weeks and then says he's he's leaving. Yeah, like, I want. It makes me wonder health? or worry that it's a health thing. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Um, he is an icon. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about that he was just this dude, <laughs> just like. Just this random dude who had a gamer tag named after I Dream a Genie, which no one would probably get anymore. Yeah. Yeah, when they um, when I left game trailers, somebody from his team reached out to me because they were looking to hire somebody. Yeah. I don't know what they were doing. Maybe it was that podcast or whatever. But they reached out to me like, "Is this something you'd be interested in?" Like, you'd have to move up to Seattle. And I was at that point, I was like, "No way! Like, there's mm-hmm. no way I want to move to Seattle or whatever." Um, so I don't know whatever ended up happening with that. Um, but you know, he has been a figure on the Xbox scene for a long time. I mean, since the beginning, since the OG Xbox, twenty mm-hmm. some years, he's been doing this. So. Um, I wish him luck, and I hope I hope you're wrong. Honestly, I hope there's yeah. not some kind of a physical issue. I hope he's just like I've been doing this for twenty some years, and it's time to do something different. Oh sure, it's just, it's just the 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 five weeks and not doing it is kind of a red flag. It is, yeah. yeah. And I also hope that he's not being forced out because he is too old. Because there's a lot of that in our industry. There's a lot of ageism going on. Yeah. Well, also if it is, that's illegal. So, but there's no way to prove it. That's the problem. Like well. it's, this is a topic. I don't know if you how much time you spent on Facebook, but. If you go on Facebook and you talk to the OG game people, this is what everyone's talking about. Anytime somebody mm-hmm. leaves a job, they can never find another job because they're too old. And everyone's now like, how do we prove it? Like, how do we prove that it's my age is keeping me from getting the job over these people who are not even half as qualified as I am? But you can't because the, it's at will in California. Like, they mm-hmm. can fire you for any reason. They don't have to have a reason at all. They can just say, we don't want you here anymore. Get out. Um, and then proving that the reason that you didn't get the job when all they can say is like, they came up with some idea in the interview that we really liked. They can come up with a million reasons why. So there's a lot of people in our age group in the industry right now who are very frustrated trying to find work. Um, so anyway, I hope that's not the case. I hope he just left on his own accord. But uh, congratulations on an awesome job at Xbox and good luck moving forward. Larry Herr, by the way, is his real name. Yeah. Everyone calls him Major Nelson, but his real name's Larry. So... Um, Best of luck to you, Larry. Hope uh, you end up uh, someplace where you're going to enjoy the rest of your career because he doesn't have a whole lot of time left to work. In fact, he may just be able to retire. One would hope. I mean, if you've been working at Microsoft in that position for 20-some years, 
you you could retire whether he Maybe. wants to or not that's the x factor i guess mm. don't make assumptions yeah these days. that's true because he could he could have five lambos mm-hmm. <laughs> somehow i don't see it happening but he could uh, so anyway, Major Nelson leaves Xbox, and then we got some rumblings finally about uh, next year's Assassin's Creed. Obviously, Mirage is coming this year, um, and it turns out that next year's game is going to be Assassin's Creed, and right now it's called Codenamed Red, uh, because it is set in feudal Japan. This is kind of the Assassin's Creed everyone's been waiting for for a really, really long time, because mm-hmm. um, there's been rumblings about it. When Kotaku would always break... Like a new, like, because they would get all the scoops on Assassin's Creed for whatever reason. They have some plant there who's very reliable. But they would always talk Maybe about. There's a guy who takes the right plane flight every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. But they'd always talk about there's this version of Assassin's Creed set in feudal Japan. And maybe this is the year. Well, now apparently next year is the year we're finally mm-hmm. going to get it. People always seem to think it was like a really natural setting for that, I, which done, I don't really see why. Um,. I know they're kind of ninjas, so I guess the the, the temptation Sneaking to around, make them like a tenchu yeah, stuff. But like old style Japanese architecture doesn't really lend itself to the Climate. Assassin's Creed style thing. That's uh, a good point. They weren't super tall buildings. They weren't super. You know, they were very wooden Pagodas. wooden paper and yeah. things. Um, hard to climb. Yeah, uh, you're probably gonna need a grappling hook in this game of some kind. That's a good point. Um, yep. And like. I don't know. Like, and now you're hitting the point. It's like, it feels like Ghost of Tsushima already kind of did it. Mm-hmm. And did it with more verve than Assassin's yeah. Creed has had in a very long time. Certainly more visual style. Yeah. So how do you do this game and make it interesting? I mean, it's, it's Assassin's Creed. It's going to sell. But, like, I don't know. Like, they're, they are up against, you know, what? 15 years of expectations. A couple of other games have done something similar. The Ghost yeah. of Tenshu and, like... I mean, yep. it's a it's a high wire act to it some is, degree, yeah. and coming back to this, you know, the, the open world RPG idea after sort of the bloating of the ancient trilogy and maybe the palate cleanser or, um, you know, disgusting shot of nasty tequila that uh, Mirage <laughs> might turn out to be like, you know, who knows? Yeah. What, what, you know, how what the attitude towards Assassin's Creed will be after Mirage? Yeah. That's true. Um, and maybe people will be excited to see the open world come back. Uh, but then <laughs> I, be, I don't know. Like, there's so many X factors on this. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we should probably start learning more about that game here. Well, probably not this year, but probably early next year would be my guess. Um, they haven't really blown out Mirage, to be honest with you. I mean, the game's coming out here in a couple months, and we only mm-hmm. have like two trailers and a little bit of gameplay. Well, play. I'm going to say that that's probably smart because like anything you do now is going to get swallowed up by the Baldur's Gate three Starfield yeah. frenzy in the it next month. It almost seems month. like the more I like it, the less interested it, uh, like, in it I am. <laughs> and I think you'll see a lot more um, after Starfield. Yeah, I think s- September you'll start to see more of a blitz. On get out Mirage of the rush because right, you're you're never even if you get mindshare in that kind of dead zone in mid to late august no one's going to remember it after starfield hits and everybody either loves it or hates it or both and argues about it for the whole both sides still playing it for like dozens of hours oh sure sure. yeah you're right but i think you're gonna have to do something like like what movies do just really blitz the final month before release with mirage yep well this next story we kind of blew it earlier when we kind of were talking about another story but we did learn finally uh, what this year's Call of Duty is going to be this week. We talked last week about how some NBA players had played it um, at the Summer League in Las Vegas last week, and now we're starting to get some first information about what the game actually is, and as it turns out, is very similar to 
last year's game, which was Modern Warfare 2, but it really mm-hmm. wasn't. It was like this completely reworked and reimagined version of Modern yeah, I mean, Warfare 2. I mean, the titles 2. of these really just refer to some of the characters are the same and the setting is the same. Yeah. They're not the same story at all. Right. Well, this time they're reworking and they're redoing Modern Warfare 3. Um well, are they remaking Modern Warfare Three, or is it yeah? Just, it's like it's, it's just like the to, Modern Warfare Two. So it's just a sequel to the new Modern Warfare Two. Yeah. So yeah. nothing like well, you know, you're not gonna. There's not gonna be a, an extended boring submarine. No, sequence. there should be like a new campaign yeah. and new multiplayer. And they said it's a standalone new, game. It's not like something that you just download to augment mm-hmm. Modern Warfare Two. Yeah. The the old Modern Warfare Three was real bad yeah really one the game that put me off called well it was the first one where it went down yeah well because that's when it was ascending to it that was the point. first one after the infinity ward core people went to form respawn yeah and it showed yeah it was still a good game i thought but it was the first time where the, the trajectory went down instead of keeping going yeah, up it just didn't I, I don't even remember i remember a really bad submarine section <laughs> and that's all i remember about that game yeah every once in a while i get the the idea in my head to replay the whole series oh just like go through like the all the you could do it in like two days because <laughs> the yeah. campaigns are like four hours long but it's just like <laughs> then i'm just like eh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um nightwing 3060 said again, matt right? said grappling hooks automatically 10 out of 10 so you must be a big tenchu fan then yeah. Well, or Sekiro. Sekiro had Sekiro the grapple had hook. one. Uh, yep. Dying Light's grappling yeah. hook was very good. Yep. Tenchu's grappling hook was very good. Yeah. That was the big hook, hook the big of, hook. Uh, yeah. of Tenchu. <laughs> there, you want all this fucking remake shit. You want remake Tenchu 1. Like, yeah. I'll do that. Seriously. That? Like, I, I, I thought Tenchu's never really been matched in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. It needs remade, too. Because if you play it now. It's, oh, no. It, it needs remade. <laughs> to be fair, the was it the Xbox? Was it... Is it 360? One of the Xbox Tenchus was basically had a bunch of remade Tenchu One levels in it. No, it wasn't. I wasn't aware of that. It was like the at least the the you know the punish the evil merchant thing was the first level, the same thing, and it's 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 basically the same idea. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one that maybe it was Tenchu Z. I can't remember. Tenchu to me disappeared like after the PS2 era for the most part. They had some Xbox. They had a P- Xbox 360 one, and they had a terrible terrible Wii one. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't was, remember that at all because it was like. It was almost, I think it was like almost like a turn-based timer game. Oh, like really? It was very weird. It was not Tenchu. It was, it was Tenchu the way like one of those weird Dynasty Warriors spinoffs is Dynasty Warriors. Mm-hmm. It was just not what you think Tenchu was going to be. But I, I do agree with you, Matt. Like Modern Warfare Three is not one of those games that people hold up as like I can't wait to like play it again, or I can't wait for them to remaster it or remake it. It's not one of the stalwarts no. of the franchise. I mean, they're franchise. just using the title on these. They're yeah. Just, it's Modern Warfare. There will be Modern Warfare 4 next, and who knows? You know, be... Even though there never has been one. Yeah, well, now there will be. <laughs> they learned not to stray too yeah. far. Well, the, I mean, look, Modern Warfare 2, last year's game, is like the best-selling Call of Duty ever. It had gigantic sales, so I'm sure they have their, uh, their hopes set high for this one doing as well. I think it's smart that they're carrying over unlocks and things like that from Modern Warfare 2 into the game. Yeah. I think that will help get people on board with Modern Warfare 3. But again, I think a lot of people feel the same way you do about Modern Warfare 3. It's just like this. It's not like to ghost level. Ghost is like the one that everybody points to as like the worst. Yeah, Call Ghost of Duty. is I think universally yeah. disliked. But almost. I think it's in that class. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see so how it Infinite does. Warfare for some reason, which is probably my favorite one after the original two. Yeah. 
Me too. I loved it. But no one else did, unfortunately. Everybody just wants the same thing over and over again. It's really disappointing. Maybe someone else could make a far future military shoot. Like, because I thought that was really interesting. Me too. I loved it. Yep. And it, to, for someone who plays Call of Duty every year, I really loved it because it was refreshing. Yeah. And I that's the last time I played a Call of Duty game. And I was like, oh, this feels like something new. They're trying new ideas. And since then, because it didn't sell very well, they're like, nope. <laughs> no, run, run from the new. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, some more Naughty Dog news from this week. I told you there's a lot of housekeeping this they week. They started stripping all the mobility abilities out yep. of the game after that. Yep. Took all the jetpack stuff out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally made the traversal much more simple. Uh, more Naughty Dog news this week. There was a big departure at Naughty Dog. Evan Wells has left Naughty Dog. I know to you guys, you're probably like, who the hell is Evan Wells? To people like Matt and I, he was the leader of Naughty Dog for a long time. Like, yeah, he, he took was, over from, didn't he take over from Ruben? Yes. Yeah. He was the guy. So there was the year, I think it was, that E3 ended up in Santa Monica. And we were just running around these hotels in Santa Monica for the most part. We had released a review for some Naughty Dog game like the day before. It was like a Jack Racing game or some crap. Mm. And like we didn't give it a very high review at Game Trailers. And uh, he hunted me down and <laughs> pulled me out of a, a meeting with another developer. He knocked on the door and looked in, and we all looked at him. He pointed at me and went like this and pulled me out. <laughs> and I was like, and I knew immediately what it was. I was like, oh, oh F. What a naughty dog. Yeah, exactly. And he pulled me out of there, and it was him and some other guy. I didn't even know who it was. And they just laid into me over this horrible, crappy Jack game. And I was just like, look, man, like, first of all, this is weird. Racer? It was like some, it was either a fighting game or it was some kind of weird spinoff of like the Jack franchise. And he pulled me out of that meeting and I'm like, what are you doing, dude? He's like, you can't just like slag our game like that. I'm like, I, we can. We did. There's nothing, we, we just did. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, you can't pull me out of a meeting with some other. It was bizarre. But anyway, the reason I tell this story is because he used to be the man at Naughty Dog. He was the guy. And he's fallen by the wayside as Neil Druckmann has ascended. And I don't think that has anything to do with him leaving, by the way. Probably not. But Neil Druckmann has definitely alpha-dogged the shit out of that company. Absolutely. He has become the leader. And now he is the unquestioned leader. So with Evan Wells leaving, now Neil Druckmann moves into the catbird seat at Naughty Dog. I can't say most people are going to complain about that. No. His creative vision can can be parlayed into so many different franchises. It's not just about... The Last of Us or Uncharted. Now the, so the the date you're talking about lines up with Crash Team Racing. Oh, that can't be right. 2007. The original Crash Team Racing. It was a it was a PlayStation 3 PlayStation Portable version. Maybe. I thought it was some Jack game, so maybe I have my years mixed up. Uh, or maybe it was like GDC that he pulled me out. I can't remember. Maybe I've got it wrong. GDC but. is when a lot of people. When a lot of weird shit happens. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that, like, GDC is where we got accosted by one of the developers of Blood Wake. <laughs> you remember that game? I do, The yeah. boat combat game. And, and like, yeah. they were, like, they were real yeah. mad. They were, it was, um... Oh, no, he says, w- I fear for what Drunkman will do with Naughty Dog now. And he says Evan is a class chap. You're right, he is. Despite what he did to me that day. The funny part was, after that happened, we were, like, bros after that. Like, we laughed about that for years yeah, and years. Because the last... Jack X Combat Racing was 2005. And that was the end of all that crap. I um, think that might be it. Yeah? Cause yeah. Because the, the... That was, like, would have been two years later. 
that mm-hmm. he did that to you then. That's, the no, it of- wasn't. It was we had just published it. Whatever it was. Like, that's what I'm, I'm saying. It might have been like GDC mm. 2005 or something. Okay. Um, it would have been 2006 because it came out in October. So like the next fall, sometime in two, the early 2006, like maybe Dice or yeah. or GDC maybe. Yep. Yeah. But after Di- that, Dice is a is a is an event that someone might feel bold enough to do that. To everyone's someone. drunk all day. Everyone's drunk. Yeah. It's just it's just <laughs> constant debauchery. <laughs> and that is in January. Like that would have yeah, like right been as the year right. comes over. Yeah. And that would have been a full. I was like, let's yeah. get him. Like, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> I see him in the room. There. Let's I see him. I see him. Give me a drink. Yeah. yeah but the funny part about it all is after that happened, like I stood my ground and was like, "We're not changing the score, man. I don't know what you're what you're doing. Like we yeah. were not going to do that." And like we were best bros after that. Like we laughed about it. Like I remember that time you pulled me out of a meeting. He's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. I was." He's like, "I was out of control or some crap." But anyway. He is gone, and he has also made his share of money. He's not going to have to work ever again if he doesn't want to, and I doubt that he will. Why would you? Because he was a naughty dog guy. Like, oh, yeah, it goes back to the beginning. He loved that place. Like, he was there from... He was around when it was Jam Software, wasn't he? No, I think he no? showed up for Crash 3, I think was the first game that he worked on there. Mm. Something like that. Who fa- Jason Rubin and some other guy founded yeah. founded it back mm-hmm. in the day, right? Yeah, and he Rubin just sold his share, and then... Mm. He went off and did a bunch of different stuff. After after Jason Rubin, he was around long enough to say that Crash Bandicoot 1 was more 3D than Mario 64 <laughs> could ever be. That's right. That's right. Which is one I of the most like batshit quotes in the history of game dev. Yeah. Uh, Sneaky says he did start with uh, Crash 3. That's what I thought. Um, Andy Gavin was the other co-founder. Andy Gavin. That's right. That's Who didn't... St- I don't think he stuck around long uh, either. Yeah, that's a name I've not heard in a long <laughs> yeah, time. Seriously. Um, so anyway, Neil Druckmann is now the head honcho at Naughty Dog. I think that's good. Like he kind of I mean, was already. I don't know if it's good. It's inevitable. Yeah, like, it's 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 how it was going to be. I do wonder when the you man have, has pushed them into the stratosphere. He of has. course, he gets rewarded that way. Sure, I, I do wonder if the he he does have kind of a consistent tone with the stuff that he works he on. Does. I do wonder if that's something you want spread across like the entire portfolio. I mean, I don't think his tone worked in any way whatsoever for Uncharted Four, as everyone mm-hmm. is well aware. I think that was a horrible, horrible like mismatch of yeah. writer and game. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he worked on the other Uncharted's, but he was working under Hennig's supervision right. and, and let loose. I think he turned it into a a nastier, less self aware uh, thing. Yeah, and, there, and it, it didn't you're work. right. It, it was no longer Indiana Jones, the video game. No. It, it was, lost its levity in a lot of ways. Yeah, there were still and, jokes, but the, and there's a there's a there's a lack of respect he had for the core cast. Yeah. that does not exist in Last of Us. That's because true because they're his characters. Because they're his characters. Yeah. Um, but I will go to the to my grave insisting that that uh, Nathan Drake would not have done what he does to Elena in that game. If Amy had if been Amy, the one, ripped. if any anyone who knows that character, especially at that point in the series, mm-hmm. would not have happened. Yeah, it doesn't make it, it's a it's a '70s sitcom level miscommunication. Well, the crazy part too is that Uncharted Three, their relationship was better. Like yeah. that was, was to all me, set. it drove that, the whole game. Well, and also that was one of the big twists. Yeah, in two was like, oh, they're they're fine. Yeah. Everything's cool. Yeah. Like, well, there's a scene of them in three at a fence. Mm-hmm. where they're talking to each other and it's just like the stuff that happens in that conversation is just like earth shattering yeah. for their relationship and like they navigate it yeah i feel there's like not, there's not a, that's exactly there's not a chance in hell that uncharted for nathan drake wouldn't have felt comfortable telling elena about sam right yeah the only reason to not tell tell her is because he was embarrassed as i was that they were dragging this stupid ass character into the story <laughs> yep 
Uh, so anyway, it'll so, be yeah, I'm, I'm curious how the the fantasy IP they're working on will turn out, how involved he is, if that's going to be a different tone. If I think be... I would like that tone in that, though. His his tone in that game. I mean, it would it would also make sense in terms of, like, you know, that kind of fantasy. You sort of expect a Game of Thrones mm-hmm. element to it. So, like, that, his tone is sort of that. Yeah. Um, you expect... Basically, if you want the game to feel like an HBO series, which is not a coincidence, they went with HBO for the yeah. for the that Last of Us show. Yeah, um, Neil's your man. Yeah, uh, if you want something else, he's not. Yeah, and um, Evan kind of was that other guy. Yeah, and look, it's if that's what Naughty Dog is going to do, if Naughty Dog's going to churn out games that are of that quality and that tone. Fine. Yeah. Like someone, you know, you, you, they're also you only going to get them once every five right. or six you years. You can absolutely so. specialize in that. There are, yeah. you know, Sucker Punch doesn't do that. Yeah. Sucker, you know, th- there are other developers in the stable that can do different things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sony Santa Monica can make a, can make a fun thing. Easily. Yeah. I mean, I'm, now that they've they're done doing the sad dad got a war thing, um, they could do something different. You know, like like you know, they're, they're very Corey Corey Barlog is very versatile in that regard. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you want to specialize in this one thing that has been basically obscenely successful, sure. Yeah. Uh, a couple more stories before we get into the bulk of episode 350. Uh, first up, um, this week, the voice actor who plays Adam Jensen, is that correct? The lead character of Deus Ex? Yeah. The voice actor who plays Adam Jensen shared that he has not heard anything from anyone regarding any new Deus Ex games in years. And... If you remember, Embracer now owns the Deus Ex license. Embracer is in deep financial doo-doo. It needed this $2 billion deal to go through. It didn't. It did get like $180 million like a couple weeks ago from some other lender. Things are not looking good. Here's the problem, though, with Embracer in general, is that Embracer owns so much IP, and I'm just going to show you right now how much IP they own. And if they, in fact, are in deep trouble, we're in deep trouble. Because there are there are so many, there's so much IP that it owns that may just disappear forever. Oh, no, it won't. It, it would all be sold off. But, so you sell it off? Okay, good luck selling it all. Two, who gets it? Then how long after they get it is there actually a game based on this IP? Look at how many they have. This yeah, is how insane. Mu- but how much of that is anything anyone cares about? I mean, Shockingly, a lot more than you think. I'll say that. I mean, I've I started going through. I've it. seen the list and some of, some of it, but a lot, I mean, yeah. Like, would you like? But again, it's like, yes, people care about Risen, but when was the last time you got a Risen game? You know, like uh, a lot of this stuff. A lot of this stuff is dead already. I mean, Borderlands, Brothers in Arms, Alone in the Dark. When was the last Brothers in Arms game? Well, Ubisoft. Dropped the ball with that license, right? Wasn't it Yubi that had it for a long time? That was Gearbox. Was it Gearbox that owned Gearbox it? Gearbox had brothers. In it. Gearbox was supposed to deliver like eight games on that contract, and they did like four. <laughs> um, Borderlands. Yeah. Darksiders. Debla- you can go through. Like, there's a lot. Like, there's none of them are like the Last of Us level, but they're no. all like anything of value will get sold off in a fire sale, the same way that happened with Interplay and all that stuff. And yeah, it'll. You know, I mean, they also own a Lord of the Rings, I right? Mean, it's, it, all that stuff will, will be distributed out somehow or another to, to, to cover debts. Yeah. You know, it'll probably be sold ridiculously cheap unless it's something that's actually important. Like, do I think anybody's going to get a bidding war of a red faction? Probably not. But, like, you know, all that stuff's worth something. Except maybe, I don't know, there's a few things in there. I mean, I don't know. 
Hellboy? Do they really? That must be the game license. Do they own actually? Help? They buy Hellboy from Mike Mignola? Or no, no, no. I think they have the game rights to yeah. Hellboy. Yeah, and there's a new Hellboy game in development right now. But there's Legacy of Kane. Like, if you start looking okay, through again, this, though, Legacy of Kane. What's the last Legacy of Kane game? 2004. No, I, I get that. But like, there's still beloved IP that people like hope are going to be revived someday, and someday maybe it'll be a decent game. Like. There's big IP in there, is what I'm getting at. Like, if you actually go through it, you're right. Half of it is trash and stuff most people don't care about, like Painkiller or whatever. But And we saw how well Saints Row worked out for him. Well, but could have been an IP if they actually put a good developer on it. Could have yeah, well, done well. That's the same developer that made all the other yeah, Saints yeah, yeah. Rows. Like it, <laughs> you're right. They did everything not wrong, but, like, you know, no, I, I don't, it's not that big a deal. And they will probably come out of it fine. Well, this all starts with Deus Ex. That's what started this whole story. That's a big IP. But Deus, Deus Ex hasn't gotten a new installment because... Square Enix had it. Well, well, because what was the last... Mankind Divided was a giant bomb. Did it bomb? It did not do well. I know it didn't sell gangbusters. I mean, it was part, supposed to be part one of two. They never was made, it? Mankind Divided doesn't really have an ending, so to speak. I didn't know that. It was supposed to be part it, one It's two. definitely implied that there's more to the story at the end of that game. Yeah. And this that was a big happened. game, too. I never finished it. I couldn't. I could not get my butt to the finish line in that game. It was, a, it was long. Yeah. And repetitive. Um... But that, that's one of the IP that, you know, now what happens to it disappears. I, again, I think the resounding answer to that is probably who cares. Yeah. Because um, the people who liked the first one that, uh, that, NX, that Square Enix Eidos did, like, didn't seem to like Mankind Divided tremendously. And the people that this like the original Deus Ex don't like any of the modern this ones. Like, it never quite found its identity. Except when H Bomber guy did a three and a half hour video to, that was titled "Deus Ex: Human Revolution is Fine." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, just something to keep an eye on. Embracer has a lot of IP. It's bought up all these. And by the way, the Duck Consulting Agency could have told Embracer that it was buying itself into a hole. Well, Embracer is trying to gather as much stuff as they could to be an attractive thing to be sold to a larger company. How much? I mean, but the company would have to be so big. Well, yeah, they wanted <laughs> they wanted to be sold for two billion dollars. That's what they were asking for. I like, mean, you know, about just a month and a half ago, they were going around asking to be bought for two billion dollars, mm-hmm. largely because they had the Lord of the Rings rights. Yeah, which like, you could parlay that into a profit. You're not gonna just that license by itself. You could. Well, I mean, they did, they built Amazon out of a bunch of money for it, but it, it was a bad choice. Mm-hmm. Like, the thing about The Lord of the Rings is there's one story in right. The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And trying to tell anything else is going to be like, oh, it's, it's like, you remember that that Final Fantasy, thir- Final Fantasy X clone RPG that, they, that, uh, um, that EA made around the time the movies came out called The, the Third Age? I don't, actually. It was, it was like a, it was an RPG, it was literally Final Fantasy X. It was called, I think it's called Lord of the Rings, the Third Age. And you play as a little fellowship working for Gandalf in secret. And you have like a, you have like a, a ranger and an elf and a dwarf and a Gondor guy and a magic person. And you're just, con- no, no hobbits, but you're basically yeah. the, the, the fighting part of the fellowship. And you are literally like a day behind the fellowship at all points. <laughs> Going through the same journey as Lord of the Rings, just like a day later. A day later. Short. <laughs> That's the worst idea ever. And That's like, why I forgot about it. And it's, um, it's, it was just sort of like, okay. like I mean, it's legitimately and also ran. Yeah. <laughs> literally and yeah, also Literally ran. right running behind <laughs> the Fellowship. And it, it basically, so it's basically retelling. It, it, like, there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Like, you can do side stuff if you're going to do like a big scope game thing. Like I think Battle for Middle Earth Two did a pretty good job where they turned it in. You know, they added on like the battle in the north. Um, 
you know, and the kind of the war in the north and the rise of the witch king and stuff, which mm-hmm. is an interesting. But like that's part of the whole tapestry. Yeah. If you want to tell one of those stories on their own, there's no ending because the ending is Frodo drops the ring in the volcano. Mm-hmm. Like you can't actually have a climax to your story because the climax of your story is four thousand miles to the southeast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like in all the prequel stuff, you know, the second age thing, like in the Amazon show. Like I, I don't hate that show, but it's like it's not the story. It's not mm-hmm. interesting. It's like the outcome of that story is not finished enough because to be the end of a story because it's the reason the real story happens to 3,000 years later. Yeah. Like, and so what are you telling me this story for? It's literally just backlog. It's, I never finished it. I got four or five episodes in and lost interest and never went back. I did. I mean, it's it's fine. It's But like my reaction to the most expensive TV show ever made, it cost them a billion dollars, yeah. should be more than it's fine. I thought it was boring. I was bored watching it. Well, yeah, it's Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Well, I like the Lord of the Rings films, though. But yeah, the not films. That show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Read the books. That show is very accurate to the books yeah, in terms of pacing, tone, and writing. Uh huh. It's true. Yep. So anyway, something to keep an eye on. Embracer owns all that IP, and if it goes down, that IP, who knows what's going to happen to it? Uh, not, uh, Embracer's not going down. That's the thing. Is like is like. It's not generating a whole lot of revenue. Doesn't matter. And it has like 300 studios that it has to pay employees for. I mean, for. It, it will it will shut down a lot of studios and it will it will a lot of jobs will be lost because of their poor management and stupid plan to be you know sell themselves out. But they will still hold the IPs. That thing yeah. will still exist in some form, and at some point they're, be, they're going to be willing to take money for them, or they will get more funding and start up more standard development of the different IPs. But you're one way or the other. Regardless, the what Embracer was doing, it was very obvious they were just trying to look appealing. Mm-hmm. They never were intended to do anything with any of those IPs except for the few that they thought might, you know, Dark Siders. They gave another they have shot lots of to studios. Saints Row. They did we a lot of some with them, right? Because they wanted to look good. But now that plan failed and now they're going to contract into something that's more reasonable and the main problem is they're going to hundreds of people are going to lose their jobs yeah. because of that mm-hmm. it's true um also i don't care week- if we don't get another fucking risen game but- <laughs> you and nobody else um another story from this week we finally got the release date and the price for the playstation 5 access controller it is coming december 6th for 90 bucks which i was really surprised how low the price is on that i mean a DualSense controller almost costs that much. And this thing's crazy. Like, I have a... I think I've talked about him before. I have a friend who I've known for a long time. I tell stories about playing games with him from the N64 and PlayStation era all the time. He's a DJ. He had, at, like, the age of 36, he had, like, four strokes. It's insane. Like, still nobody knows why he had the strokes. But he's now disabled. And he was, like, my gamer bro for, like, eight years. Like, he and I played every game together. I lived above him in an apartment. He lived below me with, with his girlfriend. Really good friend of mine. And he has not been able to play video games. And he told me that that is the worst part of his stroke is that he has been unable to continue to play games. And so I sent him a link to the trailer for this. And he was like beside himself because he already tried the Xbox accessibility controller. And he's like, it wasn't good enough because he's, he's really disabled. He can hardly move his hands. His motor skills are really bad. But this... He's like, the way that it's modular, he's like, I can actually customize it so it will work for my disability. He's like, it's very hard to make stuff like this in a one-size-fits-all for people with disabilities. And so he was over the moon about this. Now we find out that the price of it is reasonable at $90. Again, it's, I don't know why they're waiting so long, like instead of you know having it ready there in November for Black Friday and stuff, but 
the bottom line is you will be able to get this for Christmas if you're interested in this um, and at a reasonable price. Um, I think this is awesome. And I'm really surprised that Nintendo has still yet to do something like this. It's the only one left. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe we see something like this from Nintendo in the near future. I mean, Nintendo's interfaces, that's something it's usually very good at. I would be interested to see what Nintendo would do with something like this. But for whatever reason, nothing yet. So again, PlayStation Access Controller launches December 6th for 90 bucks. And then one of the final stories, and actually one of the big stories, Matt, from the last week, there was a report that like 87% of all video games ever made are like lost into the ether right now, meaning that you can't easily access them or play them. Um, the medium, for whatever reason, is having a really tough time archiving and making games playable past seven or eight years because what happens now, the consoles die, the networks go down, mm. they stop supporting their online functionality or whatever, and the games just go away. Um, so it was good to the see. The OS changes. Right, yeah. So we got a little bit of a ray of light for some of these older games this week, courtesy of Limited Run Games. Matt, you're a customer of Limited Run, aren't you? Now and then, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it announced this week that it's bringing back a bunch of classic franchises. Um, the Jurassic Park collection is one of them. I was not aware that there was a lot of frothing demand for the Jurassic Park collection. I mean, there was a, there's a lot of Jurassic Park games from the, that era. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, this does not have the ones from the Genesis, so I will not be buying it. Yeah, I saw that comment on Sifted as well. People were like, wait a minute, where are the Genesis games? And that's a yeah, valid the, point. Yeah, the, the Genesis games were the good ones. Right. Like, so it's it's a, it's a choice. Yeah. Um, but again, this is an old game that could have just disappeared and died, but Limited Run is Yeah, doing... I mean, licensed games do tend to do that. Yeah. I mean, good luck getting any of the old Marvel games. I mean, it's like. surprising that they can do this with the license. Like, how do they even get through all the paperwork for something like that. I mean, the Jurassic Park license is dead in the water other than toy merch, so I'm but sure... But the films are over now? Yeah. Oh, really? They're not going to make any more films? No plans right now. Really? That was the end of the trilogy. It's over. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Because I thought they all made tons of money. They did. And they're just going to stop them. That's very yeah. un-Hollywood. What else are you going to do? Like, they, they need to come up with a, Start a new a new plot. There is no new plot. They already used the same plot again anyway. Yeah. The, the One of the notable, th much like Avatar, one of the interesting things about the Jurassic World movies is they made billions of dollars mm -hmm. and they had no impact on the culture. Hmm. Nobody quotes them. Nobody references yeah. them. Nobody talks about them. They're, they were just little rides people went on. And that's the yeah. It's not like Jurassic. It, you, people quote Jurassic Park all the time. Yeah. But the Jurassic World movies were eye candy that just went away. Yeah. I enjoyed them. I liked I I liked the first one okay. I really didn't like the second one. I just um, watched the third one like and the third a month one, ago. The third for the one first was time. fine. It was okay. It's yeah. fine. It's look the the it's weird. Like I re, we rewatched all of them in preparation for the the, the end the last you know, the Dominion for mm -hmm. the last one. I didn't think I was ever going to be in the position to say that Jurassic Park 3 is the best Jurassic Park sequel, but here we are. <laughs> None of them are good, but Jurassic Park 3 is pretty short. Yeah. It's like an hour 30, hour 40. <laughs> it's a Joe Johnson film, so it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Characters talk to each other and deliver dialogue to one another. It has a story that takes you through it. Uh, the effects are pretty good, and you're done. Yeah. And that's it. It's like, that's that's it. what you want. Because, like, look, that, <laughs> that movie, the, the only good one is Jurassic Park 1. Yeah. Like, that movie is a singular Entity. landmark yeah. thunderstrike in film history. 
and one of Spielberg's best movies, and that's saying something. And it still holds up. Um, it still holds up. All that CG, because they were they were working so hard to prove that CG could do what they claimed it could do. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know until that thing came out of the back end of the computer. Yeah. And uh, and it still looks great. It partly because it's in the dark and in the rain. Yeah. yeah. They were smart back then. They, they knew. So I think I think it's smart to repackage a lot of this old Jurassic Park content from back then because Jurassic Park one was such a landmark thing and tons of people have good memories of that time period and that IP of that era. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, if you were a kid then, I was a little older. I was like I was what I was fifteen or sixteen then. Yeah, I was a teen. Um, yeah. I, I saw that movie five times that, that yeah. summer. I saw yeah. it like twice, I think. Yeah, it, you're right. It was a landmark release for sure. Um, you know, I always think of I don't like Orson Scott Card very much because uh, he proved himself to be something of a homophobic bigot later on. But like uh, the open one of the I think it's Ender's Game opens with the or one of the later printings of something he did uh, opens with the dedication of to Steven Spielberg. I waited 30 years to see those dinosaurs. Thanks. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, They're also bringing back a couple other franchises. Um, (laughs) Tomba? (laughs) Matt, do do you have any affinity towards Tomba from the PlayStation 1 era? The only affinity I have for Tomba is the commercials. Yeah. Where everyone, everyone loves Tomba. Yeah. And Tomba loves you. And nobody cared about the game, though. It just came and went like... I think I had one friend that got it or whatever, and I played it for like an hour and was like, this is crap. Well, the the (laughs) second one was pretty good, as I recall. I never gave it a chance. Um, After the first one, I was like, Neither did I, but remember, I worked in a game store in 98, 99, and we we were, you know, it's at the end of that era, and we had every PlayStation 1 game you could think of that wasn't super rare, and so I played it there, and it was, Tomba Tomba 2 is pretty good. Interesting. Well, they're bringing back Tomba 1, so. Well, whoops <laughs> i don't know how you don't do a collection of both of them for this right it, yeah you think two would be easier to license as well but yeah i don't know if there's a lot of interest in this and then the other two that they announced that they're bringing back one is clock tower which i think is a good idea that's one of those games that's mm-hmm. like heralded but people haven't had easy access to it really at all yeah is the first one yeah because like there was a whole thing where I don't think that one ever really came here. It did eventually, but it was like a year and a half the, later. I thought Clock Tower One here was Clock Tower Two, two. in Japan. It was, yeah. But it still ended up the original game still ended up making it across mm. the ocean. But you're right, the first Clock Tower here was actually Clock Tower Two from Japan. So that they're bringing that back, and then they're bringing back the a Gex collection. You're talking about something nobody asked. Nobody for. ever cared about Gex. For how some some reason though, Matt, he did end up like being somewhat of like an icon well, yeah, of early three D like, games because well, they forced him to. Like, like yeah, he was it's one so of the old, weird. Of all those stupid mascots that no one ever cared about, Gex was the one people didn't care about the, the least. Most. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> and they always tried to like spruce him up. Like they always made him try to look like James Bond. Or yeah, like, it was the second one was Enter the Gecko. Yeah, I mean the, the first Gex is just sort of a generic platform. The second one they leaned into the the, the sarcasm and the satire and, yeah. and then kind of made that. And then three. I don't remember what three was. Three, maybe three was Enter the Gecko. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Again, why would you game. bring this? I mean, it's, again, it's good that they're preserving these games. I think Gex is worth preserving. But is there who a market the voice, for these? Who's the voice of that? I don't remember. Oh, um, Dana. Something? Dana from Saturday Night Live. Dana. Not Dana Carvey. Yeah, I think it was. No, it's not Dana Carvey. Really? No. no I thought it was. A, no. That's the first name that came to my mind. No. And it's not. It was not Dana Carvey. It was some other person. It was a celebrity, though. It was a celebrity at the time. Mm-hmm. Dana Gould. Gould. That's what it is. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Corey Film. 
Um, oh, that's right. The voice is different in each region, Vincent says. Because there is a... If you look at... Is it England? Is it the UK? Where, like... Um, there's a version of Gex in one of those games that where the dub voice is just really bored, proper Englishman. And it's bizarre. It's, <laughs> but it's all the lines are the same, so it's all the weird sarcastic. But he just reads them like, with no energy. It's tail time and all that shit. And he's like, it's tail That's time. Great. It's, it's, it's like everything is like someone is. It's like he's constantly at tea. Yeah. And it's very funny. Look, <laughs> like look that up. Okay. Uh, if you if you put though, if you let me pick the voice as like an option, all the international voices. Then you might play. Then I might I might go in for that. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, the Gex trilogy, I don't see a lot of you guys uh, jumping oh, yes, off the side. Deep silence. cover Gecko. One of the weirdest things about those games is how often it implies he's having sex with human women. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, what? <laughs> you're this big. Yeah, and what you're is a lizard. that? <laughs> what? It's, like, it's like everyone got so upset when, so- when Sonic kissed that princess. Right. But it's like, man, it's That's not nothing. even the beginning. <laughs> Of, like, the weird animal mascots doing shit. Did Earthworm Jim ever intimate that he might oh, be no. getting intimate God, with human no. beings? No, I think... Well, actually, you know, that, that princess, isn't that... That princess is in that game? Yeah. Like a space princess? Right. Or, is she, or is she, like, a chicken or something? I can't remember. Yeah. That's another franchise that doesn't need to ever come back. No, especially the guy <laughs> who created that turned out to be a dick. Too. I mean, that's kind of the irony of all these people freaking out about 87% of games What do you mean? You mean you're not... Lost. Like, that's kind of okay. You like, mean you're not excited about the, the Amico Earthworm Jim game that totally yeah. exists? <laughs> Princess What's-Her-Name. Yeah. That's right. Princess What's-Her-Name. <laughs> yep. So I anyway. almost had it by accident there. Uh, anyway, there you go. That's our housekeeping for episode 350. I told you there was a ton today. Just lots of smaller stories that aren't worth giving their own topics in Game Face. Uh, before we get going into the Still bulk... Still took an hour and a half. Yeah, man. exactly. Before we get going into the bulk of the show, here's a word from our incredible sponsor, LS Cream. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass, and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. LS Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com sifted. That's creamls.com sifted. Big thanks to LS Cream. Head to creamls.com sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. Head on over there. They have a brand new site that they just relaunched. It is awesome. Probably the coolest liquor website I've ever seen, I have to admit. Usually they're really boring and drab. They've really done a lot with that website there. There's a lot to poke around and find. Recipes for all the awesome drinks that you just saw in the ad. Um, and as I always say, you know, support gamers, support sifters. It's way better to give your money to someone who's starting in their own small business who loves games just like you do versus some liquor conglomerate. Because really, there's like five liquor companies that own like all the brands. Like a lot of people who launch liquor companies, they only, it may be... Maybe Ellis Cream is this as well. I don't know. Um, but a lot of people launch their liquor brands just to get purchased. Mm-hmm. They get a X amount of distribution at bars and restaurants and stuff like that. And then they just get snatched up by a conglomerate. 
have no idea if that's what they're doing at LS Cream, but if they are, I'm totally cool with that because he has put in his time. He has paid his dues. So head to creamls.com slash sifted. Make sure you use that URL so they can track that you're coming uh, from Sifted and they know that our people are supporting them. I know you guys are though, by the way, because you guys, I get messages all the time on YouTube. I get messages from you guys on Twitter. I see it. Y'all are going and using that URL and buying yourself some LS Cream and you should because it is flipping awesome. And with that, it's time to get into the bulk of Game Face episode 350. We're going to kick things off with easily the biggest game release of the week. That is not a high bar to clear, Matt. It has no. been a slow week of game releases. But undoubtedly the biggest is a little Capcom game called XO Primal. Um, you can see the lower third there. It probably should have been a Dino Crisis game because it literally it is a Dino Crisis. Yeah, although, the game is a dinosaur crisis. Although, if you slap that name on this game, people would be mad. They would be mad. They'd be very mad. Um, and I still don't understand why this game exists, but we don't have a new Dino Crisis. I, I will, and now that I've played it for twenty hours, I still don't understand. I did, Matt. I played this game for like twenty hours. I don't think week. I even got to two. Yeah, it's. I it's knew it, fine. though. I knew you were not going to play it very long, and one yeah. of us had to spend a lot of time with it, and so I jumped on the grenade, and I spent... Do you really know more about it than I do, though? Because it yeah, I doesn't do, seem but to not change. a ton. Not a ton. Also, it, <laughs> I was very amused that the three the three exosuits that I was actually interested in are the three locked ones. Oh. Yeah. And I was there like, are well, a lot. So much for that. Yeah. Um, so... I might have played it more if I'd been able to use, like, one of them. Which I guess you can buy them. Like you can like pay for an, a a jump. It's start a paid thing. game. Yeah, you pay for the game already. And this is so this very. If you I don't know if you may, may have played it already because it is on Game Pass. But this I game, do appreciate the opening line of this game, which is uh, people technology under threat from dinosaurs. Yeah. I'm just like, well, that's <laughs> that's one way to lay it out in the thesis statement. Well, I done. mean, this game is designed very much like a free to play game. But yeah. it's not. I mean, it's free if you are a subscriber on Game Pass, but otherwise you pay for it on other platforms. And it is set up like a free-to-play game. It's it's all about cosmetics and tricking out your exosuit or unlocking new exosuits. Yeah. You don't have limitations on how many games you can play a day. That's about it. Yeah, that's true, actually. Um, so just so you know what the setup is, there is actually a story behind this game, and there are tons of... There's a of, lot of story There's here a lot of story, reason. and like, tons of cinematics, and, like, it's it really crazy. It I doesn't make a lot of sense. I didn't it's, expect this at all. I really thought it was just going to be bare bones, like, dinosaurs are attacking, go fight, and then, like, that was it. Yeah, I thought it was going to be more of, like, an Earth Defense Force thing. Which yeah. Like, okay, we got a premise, go do the thing. Yeah. But this, no, this thing, like, they let this writing team loose, and there's, like, a whole multiverse thing, and, yeah. like different people versions of themselves meeting from different timelines and so, I mean, it's bonkers like it really is and the, the game doesn't need it at all like it has nothing to do with anything you're doing in the actual game it's very amazing. little very little um so it, it does it has tons of cinematics it it has a story that it tries to yeah. tell like it's basically a really really elaborate explanation for why the same character is in the match once in a while yeah it's actually it. you're right <laughs> That's a good point. Um, the game is set in the years 2043 and 2040. It's actually yeah. is set in 2040. Is it set in 2040 and then it jumps to 2043? Yeah, you start in 2043. And, and it jumps the, backwards. The, the, and the AI takes you back in time to 2040 before the shit went down on the Jurassic Park, not the island thing. Right. 
and you you play your war game out there, and then you go back to your t- your time. Your time, and yeah. it's pulling versions of all the Exo warriors from all the different um, uh, all the different realities and timelines to compete in this thing that it's gathering. Da- also, the name of the company is. Uh, Ibius, mm. and everyone, and you're supposed to pronounce it Ibius like that. Mm. But some of the voice actors pronounce it IBS, and <laughs> so it, sometimes we're like, let's get in there and win this for IBS. It's like, okay, we're all fighting, fighting for, for irritable, irritable bowel, bowel syndrome. syndrome. <laughs> we hate diarrhea. <laughs> it's funny. So as you can see, you start by creating a character. The character creation tool is very simple. Yeah, um, I, pretty, I mean, you're in a mech most of the time, anyway. So. Yeah, you never even see the character really. Like only in the cutscenes. Like yeah. when you I mean, go you back, sw- you can swap mech suits whenever you want, mm-hmm. which is actually nice. But, it is cool. Yeah, um, you got to have those mech suits on hand and set. Yeah, up you have for to have it, them but, unlocked. Like, you, but you or whatever. can swap your swap your role whenever you want. Whenever you want, like right mid match as well. Uh, but anyway, it is set in 2043 and 2040. Um, and you go back to 2040 to participate in war games that have been constructed by an AI named Leviathan. Which um, is like, I don't know why you build a, an AI that's supposed to help everybody and be this benevolent thing. You name it after the biblical sea monster <laughs> that people that people sometimes use to justify the idea of dinosaurs existing before the flood. It's like, yeah, of course it went. What's this, what, was the, what was the sister mainframe? Behemoth? Like, what are you yeah. doing? Like, Well, what happens is this Stop ship- giving AIs, like... Like, like disturbing names. Like, yeah. like if they called Chat B- G- GPT Belial or something, yeah. it's like, why would you do? Why would you call it that? Well, what happens is you're in this crew called the Hammerheads, and eventually your ship crashes. Um, and they, a lot of the plot tries to explain why that happened. Why did your ship crash in the present day? And then it jumps forward to three years after that, and the vortexes. I don't even know what that means has unleashed a dinosaur outbreak across the entire world. You play as Ace. Yeah, something happened in 2040 on this island that ruined everything and causes vortexes to pop open and dump dinosaurs everywhere to the point that the weather report at the beginning of the game is talking more about vortexes and where they're going to open. Yeah. So you're the job of this crew is among what seems like probably a bunch of other crews. You circle around this island, which has a giant shield over it, mm-hmm patrolling as to whether dinosaurs are popping out of uh, void. And apparently it's a very boring job and nothing ever happens. <laughs> and then, but in this and case, then, but in this case, a, 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 one of the portals opens up right in front of the ship and it gets hit and everything goes crazy and they crash. Yeah. And then Ace bails out in the exosuit to save it in case something bad happens to it and ends up getting pulled, pulled uh, back in time by the uh, AI uh, to have a tutorial mission. Yeah, and then he ultimately forces you to compete in the war games. Um, and as we said, it, it takes them back in time three years to the exact date. Um, and then yeah, it's implied. It's it, the, the the war games happen every time right before the big catastrophe, like over and over and over and over again. Yeah, and like the very first time, every, he zaps everybody out, and right as you're being zapped out, you look because I guess what happened was there's a space elevator that's connected to an orbital platform, and it collapsed. And basically decimated the, the the island. And the first at the end of the tutorial, you're like you look up and see it start to fall, and then you get zapped away. That's Leviathan, by the way. Yeah. You're seeing in the B roll right you now. You will see him pop up and give like the same speech, speech. the same satirical <laughs> of how stupid corporate bureaucracy is speech thing. It's like it's, it's like it's like. 
the winning team will gain bonus existence. You should be excited about this. Like that's literally yeah. the shit they're saying. You actually sound just like him. It's it's very <laughs> repetitive and like I get it, but also it's just like it's it's about as subtle as a as a as a as a trout to the face. Like, yeah. <laughs> Now, this game borrows influences from a lot of different things. Obviously, Dino Crisis with the dinosaurs. Also, there's a, a whole lot of anthem in this. There is some anthem, for sure. It, depending fact, on the exosuit that you early use. Early on, I had to adjust the effect that you, can, you do not have the mobility of anthem. Right. That's yeah. what Mursame was one of the ones I wanted to play. Now, there are certain exosuits that do play. allow you to kind of fly and hover. So, but yeah. You don't like, have the freedom of movement. Some of the ones I wanted to play as, and they're locked. Yeah. But you don't have the freedom of movement like you had in Anthem. You can't just take off and fly wherever you want no. and then land wherever you want. It still happens within reason. Um, but a big part of the game, as Matt is intimating, is the exosuits and figuring out which exosuit works for you. Each one has its own set of attacks. And in fact, that's one thing I would say about this, is each exosuit really is different. Yeah. Like, they don't really borrow any attacks or abilities from any of the other exosuits. They're no, all they, kind of unique. No, they have a... Um... Uh, like they all, there's three roles basically. There's there's assault, d uh, tank, and support, mm -hmm. but they all do it very differently. Yeah, which is to their credit. Yeah, and there's more exosuits for e for like the assault class than there is for like the, there's only like a few tanks when you first start the game. Yeah, but I think there's, there's like four tanks. Well, three tanks and a locked one, mm -hmm. and I think there's like five supports, and there's yeah. more. It's like a lot of assaults. seven assault yeah. ones or something. It's, it's, and I found myself playing mostly assault. Yeah, but you need more assault. You really only need one tank and one support. Yep, you need one. And team composition is very important in this. And I will say this too: the, the yeah, game. If you don't have a tank, you're going to die. You, you won't. You have no chance. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so it, the game does a good job of reminding you too that you know what you don't have a tank. And what Matt was saying earlier, being able to kind of rechoose your exosuit in the middle of battle is very important because mm -hmm. sometimes you spawn into the map and you're like, oh my god, we don't have a tank. And almost instantly, one of the five players on your team will just swap into a tank exosuit. And the objective of the game, so here's what happens. This is like the beforehand where he's, before the AI transports you back three years, you go to this little lobby here where everybody uses their emotes. It's the only time you use the emotes in the entire game. So you go here and then he transfers you in. And then the objective of the game is you are on a team of five players. And then there's another team of five players that you're competing with. And it's a race. And before I played the game, I thought that like the other team was like on one side of the map and you were on the other side of the map and you're both doing the same thing and the map is symmetrical, but that's not how this works at all. The other team is kind of in another dimension, fighting yeah. in the same area that you're fighting in and fighting yeah, the same enemies. Their, you can see their ghosts. Only after the, you complete the, the wave. So how it works is after we finish this wave, we'll defeat this Tyrannosaurus or whatever. For a brief moment after that happens, you can see the other team. They're like a red shade, like ghost or whatever that you can see in the map. And then you run as quickly as possible to the next wave that's somewhere else on the map. And then once you get there and you initiate that wave, you can't see the other team again. And every time you finish a wave, Leviathan, the AI, will tell you, the other team finished this wave faster than you, or you finished this wave faster than the other team. Because the objective is to finish all the objectives first. So it's a race to complete all the different mission types. And they do mix them up a little bit. It's not just constant like dinosaur slaying like you're seeing right here, straight out of Overwatch. Well, this is the finale. 
This is the finale of this mission. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, there's a random thing where you can choose. You can either pick one or the other, or you can pick random. Where it's either the the finale will be either PvP or PVE, mm-hmm. and PvP seems to be this. Straight out of Overwatch. It's just over, just... Yeah, because in this one, the other team is actually on the other side of the map. And when mm-hmm. you're, you're both trying to get to the same location, and then you get in a conflict at the at, location. Because the two cubes come together yeah. at the same point, and then it's a big fight between the teams where you actually fight against the other team. Yeah. Because you can blow up their cube, and they have to wait, and it'll stop moving, and it'll sit and wait while it re... Mm-hmm. It repairs. It repairs itself. That can give you a huge advantage. Yeah. Like and the, killing somebody, because like... It takes like 15 seconds to respawn, and that's yeah. an eternity. Now, your teammates can revive you if Although they find you. Although that's not easy when they're being swarmed, because their dinosaurs are still attacking you while this is happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you get the dominator things where like each team can summon a dinosaur yep. that they can control. Yep. And if you got a... And if you got a player-controlled Carnotaurus ripping shit up, you're, you you got to focus on that. Yeah. The um the last part of every mission is different. Like and then the the PvP one seems to be more like they both teams just sort of kill as many dinosaurs as they can with a time limit sort of thing. Right. Yep. And then there's times like we just saw where you have the two cubes that you escort to that same place, and then you fight it out like where they both end up. And then like 20 hours into the game. I got to another variant where at the end you fight a gigantic boss. Like it was a Tyrannosaurus that was like the size of like five buildings or whatever. But we it was us fighting with the other team. So it was 10 of us against the giant boss. And I don't know. I guess they're just like everybody wins. Yeah, I mean, that's just <laughs> PVE. I yeah. Guess. And maybe they, they probably count up how much damage each team does to i the, guess to the final boss yeah I, but i was like wait a minute now we're on the same side we're and like i had people on the other team reviving me i was like that was a little strange so they do throw you some curveballs but it takes a long time while you're playing you pick up stuff in the map um but the most important things are these data chips that you come across and once you finish the mission you get rewarded with whatever for how well you did in the match and you level up and blah 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 but you also get these data chips that you then take to this other interface back at the ship that's like memories basically you take the chips and you insert them and then that fires off cutscenes that fills in the story and crazy stuff eventually starts happening in this game like so there's like a, a small mutiny on the ship like one of the guys goes rogue at a certain point one of the people gets like that like a ship like it's a piece of steel like and she starts going crazy like it's really insane like some of the plot lines that they try to like work through in this but for the most part after like the first like seven or eight hours like i just started skipping past them because the cutscenes that you unlock with those chips for the most part are just like two talking heads with a bunch of text. There isn't a lot of like actual action in them. But then there are also full motion cinematics that kind of move the plot forward on the ship and explore the relationships between the different people on the ship and the the, the power struggle for who's going to lead the hammerheads and blah, blah, blah. There's all this story that's going on, but none of it is really all that compelling or memorable, honestly. Like, I don't know. I didn't, did any of these characters really resonate with you, Matt? I don't remember it. I mean, right? Exactly. I guess the Australian guy who sort of knows everything and tells you what's really going on early on is sort of memorable. Yeah, like mostly because he's a jerk. 
Um, also, I should note, like they they they're trying here. Like the 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 story team is trying here. Yeah. I, I give them credit. And there's like some there's some raunchy stuff. There's some weird shit. There's some some humor in there I didn't expect. Here's the race to the next like, wave. A, by the way, you can see the other the other team are the red people right there. Like there's a there's a they cut away from it, so someone must have chickened out at the last minute. But there's a pretty graphic masturbation joke early yeah. on in the game. Uh, the, from the, the Australian guy, and I'm just like, I didn't see that coming. Like, it, was, it was, I don't know, like I don't know what was. Ha- this game seems like almost like it was made in like Rogue, like it, 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 it <laughs> like they didn't have permission or something. It's so weird. I was really surprised. <laughs> That's I was, very funny. I didn't see that animation before. I was really surprised by the quality of this game because it, yeah, it, it, it is up to Capcom quality. Yeah, it's it's this is not like a Dynasty Warriors thing. Yeah, this like, isn't some like little spin-off where they gave them like a 30-man team and it's like, "Yeah, okay, go ahead and make something and we'll just count on it not doing very well." The the production values in this, the game bug-free, clean, no, they, runs like grease lightning. They put a ton of work and effort yeah. and time into this complete waste of time um, <laughs> it really is remarkable yeah that's well that's the thing is like and like you know my, my main response to this game playing this game is nothing like it's just like oh all right it is just a time eater yeah it is just it is a it is a video game i talked on it actually is, and anything about indeed a video game yeah i talked on actually and anything in a recent episode about sometimes i'm just playing games and i just like almost like go like out of my body and look at myself playing and this is one of those games where i'm like what am i doing why am i spending my time on this game because it never really changes like they really don't even mix up the dinosaurs all that much it took like well over 10 hours before i saw like a new enemy type yeah well i saw the trophy i saw the 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 trophy for killing a hundred thousand dinosaurs yeah. and i'm like i may have already done it maybe i no i don't here's the thing about this game to me that like bothers me um it's fine it's 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 entirely fine there's nothing really wrong with it it's other than like maybe some of the weird pay to play aspects like this loop but it's like it's not that prevalent like the thing that bothers me about this game is like sitting there thinking like it's tons of people put tons of their life and time and work and effort Sacrifice and money family and all this time into this and it's just it's gonna be gone in two years yeah like this, this it no one's gonna years. care it'll slowly sort of fade away there'll be less and less content updated it'll get shut down and then you want to talk about games that get lost like you're never gonna be able to play this again yeah Not that i'm saying you'd want to play it again but it's just like it's such it just there's no single player in this there, at all it's so along the lines of that sort of game as a service trend that is already over uh and like this feels like maybe it's just sort of lagging behind it's that two years curve. late yeah and like but it's just an example of this kind of thing where it's like they you know there's it's not like this was a disingenuous attempt to cash in on some trend it was i think they really did try to make something worthwhile here mm-hmm. but there's only so much you can do with the format and it gets it's, repetitive very, it's just, very quickly. It just feels like such. It's just such empty calories. Yeah, and like it's it's like a shame. It's a it's a weird shame to me that this because it is a quality product. Like yeah. the 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 mark the workmanship in this is good, but it's just the whole concept just it just has no longevity. Mm-hmm. It's it's another one of those games where you're just constantly waiting for all your attacks to cool down. Yeah. And you just fire them off in sequence as soon as they cool down. There's very little reason to fire them off in a specific sequence. There's no team-based attacks. You're like, hey, if I fire off this attack at the same time the heavy fires off his attack, we it combines to do... And there's nothing like that. 
You go out, you run around with four other players, you blast a bunch of whatever, it's a bunch of dinosaurs, and then at the end, it's an X factor as far as how it's going to end. Either it's going to mm-hmm. be like this, or it's going to just be, you just have to finish it before the other team does, it's just another wave, or it's a big boss that you fight, and instead of the other team being competitors, now they're a part of your team. But mm-hmm. that's the only real twist to the game. You don't know how the end of each mission is going to end, but you know you're going to shoot the living crap out of a bunch of dinosaurs. Which I didn't find particularly fun. Like, I don't think dinosaurs are a very interesting enemy. Well, cause also because you kill like a billion of them. Yeah. They just become fodder. Like, you don't even think about the fact that they're... It is and of the absurdity of the fact that they are dinosaurs in the first place. Right. And for some reason, I don't I don't know why this is, but for some, I kept thinking about you know Earth Defense Force. For some reason, killing hundreds of ants doesn't feel as empty as killing hundreds <laughs> of raptors. It just feels like these animals should be more dangerous than they are. Yeah. And whereas ants, like yeah, just ants, like who cares? You know, just yeah. ins- blowing insects and spiders away, whatever. Um, I don't know. And like they're hard to hit. Like, you know, they're, they're top-heavy and they're narrow, so, like, start to get headshots, really, you know, and, like... It, and headshots do matter. Headshots Here's do matter. Here's the chip stuff that I was matters. talking about earlier. This is where you go. This is the interface that you go and place your chips, and it just tells very simple I don't know why story. Leviathan looks so much like a disappointed Christopher Walken to me. <laughs> he does look like Christopher Walken. I never thought about that, but you're right. Um, also, there are, there is... It's not an RPG. There's, like, three different items that you can assign to your character, that are just basically yeah, it's buffs. very standard. I mean, it's not even Destiny yeah. level. And you can level that. those up, yeah. um, up to like five levels for each one of them. And then also your primary weapon for your exosuit, eventually you can change. But literally, like I fought with like this assault exosuit or whatever. I did not get a meaningful like real weapon upgrade until like level 27. Level uh. 27. Like... <laughs> That's a long time to wait to get a new weapon in a game like this. And then I got it, and I was like, okay, it's not, it wasn't that exciting. So this isn't one of those games either where you're constantly, I mean, there isn't any loot. That's nice, I guess. You're not constantly, like, collecting a bunch of doodads or yeah. whatever, doohickeys. Although, also, like, that's part of the treadmill on these kinds of games, so why are you playing right. at that point? And that's like, what I did find, was, like, there, I, I was like, why am I playing this? Because, again, like, the meaningful updates to whatever exosuit you're playing come so few and far between it's mm-hmm. just like and like that's not what dinosaurs do. i mean maybe they did who knows but I, I don't associate dinosaurs with a giant rampaging horde of like overlapping monsters like it's just it's so <laughs> weird like, it, like yeah when i think if you if you describe them it's like there's gonna be a game where you have a team and you fight dinosaurs that are invading from this from the past i would certainly not envision like Velociraptor Zerg Russians. <laughs> like, I just, I got, what, like, it's so weird. Like, yeah. Not necessarily bad, but like, it's so weird. I just never had magical moments in this where like everything came together. No. Where like the hev- the tank came in at just the right time and used the exact right ability. And you can and tell. And I yeah. used mine and like there's just. No, it's nothing like that. The most rewarding part of this is like, when you can hit like 50 dinosaurs at once and they all fly yeah, up in the and air. you can tell there's like they, they worked on it. They tweak things. You know, like the fact that they all. Early on, I'm like, how come they all have glowing red eyes? That's mm-hmm. very weird. But then you play it and you're like, oh, they have glowing red eyes. So you know which ones are alive and which ones aren't. Right. So you know what to shoot at. Yeah. Basically. So like clearly, that is confusing at times. Yeah, well, because some of them take a long well, time so, to die. I mean, they, they, it's like a Starship Troopers game. Yeah, like it's so weird. Uh-huh. Like I, 
I don't know. I, I <laughs> what is that? Like, what is, it's like some World War Z shit. Like yeah. it's, it's not a thing I imagine dinosaurs doing. And I think the capper here in Nightwing thirty sixty says it in chat like. Just where the hell is Dino Crisis? Yeah. Like, what are we? Why, why are we, wasn't why wasn't this a, a, a modern day remake of Dino Crisis? Why too? are we playing this instead of Dino Crisis? It I makes no sense. And I'm saying, like, if the, okay, like you get, it's like skip Dino Crisis one, fuck Dino Crisis sure. one, do Dino Crisis two, the yeah. action game, because that was the most interesting yeah. thing they did with that yeah. franchise. I would play that. And, and you know, you think about Dino Crisis two remake. It wouldn't be gone forever in yeah. two years. Once again, another project for the duh consulting aid. We could have told them this is so dumb. Like, it's another very, project it's for the dumpster of history is what it is. Like, yeah. And it's like not to, I'm not not as an insult to the work done here. I, I don't think it's a bad game at all. It's just there's not a chance in hell this is going to catch fire. I know. It's just like, like why does it exist? It. It's actually a good game for Game Pass. Yeah. Like what did you <laughs> like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. It's sort of the. Like, like I'm done. Like I played this way more than I should have. All in all honesty, I, I have no interest to go back and play it again because I played it for 20 hours and like I've seen it all now, and none of it is especially compelling. Mm-hmm. So that's Exo Primal. It's available for everything but Switch, and as we said, it is on Game Pass right now, and that is pretty much the only way I recommend that you play it because it's basically free. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Game Pass subscriber, download it, give it a go. You'll probably enjoy it for a day, a day and a half before you burn out on it, and then that's about the point where you realize yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah, over there's a little bit again. of Dino Crisis Three flashback on this. Where you're like, really? This is what you thought? Yeah, the way to go with it. I mean, it's way better than Dino Crisis oh, Three, yeah. which was a no, travesty. Yeah. But it's still <laughs> that same sort of like, why are you so dedicated to not giving people what they want? Yeah, on this one? it's almost and like I'm it, they're saying, trolling. I'm not saying Dino, Dino Crisis would be like a giant runaway Resident Evil 4 remake style hit either. Yeah, yeah. But it would probably do better than this. This game feels like a troll to me. It yeah. feels like they're trolling fans, which why they're this, not, obviously. This game feels like if you were going to write like, in a movie, if you were going to come up with a game that didn't exist that people were playing because it was supposed to be the game the kids and the family were into it'd be like this yeah it's like dumbass <laughs> mechs in a, sh- a multiplayer shooter against dinosaurs like yeah. it's, it's like it's that kind of, it feels like there'd be like fake screens of it like in the background of a couple of shots in the yeah. movie like you but then you're like oh no this is this is real they did this they by spent, the way they spent tens of millions of dollars on yeah. this by the way anthem way better game than this by the way yeah, Anthem did feel better. I enjoyed the living crap out of Anthem compared to this game. Anthem did have those moments you're it talking did, about. It did, yeah. Every once yeah. in a while, I'd have one of those, like, eureka moments. This game? No, there aren't any. So I don't know what Capcom was thinking. I'm glad the game's out now, and they can just move on mm-hmm. to something else. There will never be an Exo Primal 2. Yeah, this is... And look, I'm, there, there's a... There's a there's a game in here somewhere. The, yeah. the concept has something in there, but it ain't a live service, brainless fill the bar shooter. Yeah. Like, it, 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 because I don't like those anyway, and nothing in this makes me change my mind. Yeah. Let's go and see what you guys are saying about this. See if you have any questions for us about it. But again, it is on, it is on Game Pass, so you can answer a lot of your questions yourself just by downloading it. Um, this Although is I think because by a team watching would make them. a new Dino Crisis is making Resident Evil games. So, I mean... No, that's I think a, that's I think watching out. the 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 B roll here will tell you everything. I mean, it, it does. Probably, yeah. It's probably not worth the download time. Kevin Rafa, what was Capcom hoping and expecting with this game? It's hoping a, to create a game as a service that can deliver recurring revenue. Yeah, but I don't know why you'd ever think this would do it. Yeah, um, rock and roll four five eight. I'll take games no one asked for for a hundred, <laughs> Alex. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, is it better than the various Resident Evil multiplayer spinoffs? 
I think it is actually. Yeah, it's, it's easier. It's, it's easier to get into. I would say it's. It's like you said. It's a. Yeah. It can be like a dissociation game. You just sort of brainlessly play it without thinking because it's not difficult. Yeah, it's not. Um, Ernesto Presto eighty six. Great username. And so, problem was Capcom's tax write off, except they're Japanese. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if there are loopholes like this in Japan. But that's what it would seem like. But I don't know. Um, and Vincent asked, just answered your question, actually, because Capcom wants a game as a service. Yeah, everybody does. Every publisher wants one of these. They want a game where they can just keep releasing DLC for it and keep generating Buku revenue. It's, I mean, it's what PlayStation is doing right now. Sure, but at a certain point, Capcom might need to admit that they're never going to make that. I mean, they just sold Buku copies of Resident Evil 4 Remake. Right, which is just not keep that. doing that. Yeah, just, <laughs> just keep doing that. At a certain point, just admit your business model is this and not yeah, that. Yeah, and we're cool with that other business model. And I promise you, I mean, yes, it's not an endless supply of infinite money. Yeah. But I bet you Dino Crisis 2 Remake would have made more money than this oh, will in the, end, oh, yeah. in the long run. Oh, yeah. And you wouldn't have had to put up any servers or yeah. do any of that beta yeah. testing. Or it would yeah. have been way easier. I have no idea what Capcom's thinking here. But the game is out now, and it's over, and it's done. And it'll be on Game Pass for a while. People yeah. will play it for a while. Think, I mean, all that stuff is very cartoonish. But just think about, like, even I mean, some of the dinosaurs look pretty good in there. Imagine, like, doing Dino Crisis now I know. with the tech they the have tech, for I know. RE4. I know. Like, imagine what awesome. they look like now. That dino, <laughs> the T-Rex coming through the window that's like, kind of that famous sort of, you know, scene from the first one. Yeah. How great would that look now? Here, here's the countdown, Matt, to Capcom telling us, how many people played Exoprime? <laughs> I mean, mm. like, <laughs> consumed by 5 million people in the first week. All Meanwhile, yeah. 98% of those yeah, how are many people Game in the Pass. second week? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, anyway, there you go. Is that, That's is that a full price? Is that a $70 game? I don't think so. I think it's 60 mm. Yeah. But it's... It's still... Even paying 30 bucks for it. It's a free-to-play game. Yeah. It is a free-to-play game. Parading is a paid-for game. So there you I go. I guess like if you ever wondered what like Earth Defense Force would look like with a budget, right? I guess this there it is, is kind of that. Yeah, but other than but that, actually, I kind of enjoy the jankiness. No, the, the, the <laughs> you know the Kusage uh, element of of Earth yeah. Defense Force is one of its appeals. It is absolutely. Yep. Okay. Like, I want to see that giant robot wiggle around with the stupid <laughs> physics engine every time I hit it with a machine gun. Like, or the ants when you blow them up. Just oh yeah. <laughs> It's so funny. The cheap assness of that series is part. I mean, I, yeah, I think it's a part of its charm to the point that when I what was that Iron Rain was the yeah. the, the Western developed so, yeah. one, they went too good. Yeah, they it went was too, too good. serious with it, and it wasn't fun. Nobody liked it. Yep. No. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Uh, we're going to talk next about the other game that I played this week, and again, it has been a slow week for games. And part of the story about this is what I had to do to play it. And this game is Oxen Free Two. It is developed by Night School. Is that what it is? Or is it Night Dive? Night School, I think. Night Dive. Sounds, I don't know. I think it's Night School. Night School? Maybe. The last game I played by them was Oxen Free 1. So okay. it was a long time ago. I, don't <laughs> it's know. Like, I think Oxen Free 1 was seven years ago or eight Something years like ago. Something like that. Night, yeah, Night Dive is a different thing. Yeah. That but, is also a developer. Yeah, but Netflix bought the studio. Netflix now owns it. And so if you are a, so a Netflix subscriber, you can play this game for free. And I, if you may, may remember, I dropped Netflix months ago and I haven't had it for months. And I'll be honest with you, Matt, I have not missed it at all. Mm -hmm. But I was strategic and I was like, okay, a new season of Black Mirror launched and then the first season of The Witcher launched. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get it for a month so I can watch the new Black Mirror and then make sure that the second 
half of the season of The Witcher launches, which it does on July 27th, I believe. So I got Netflix a couple days ago for all that to get it all in in the next month. And I was like, you know what? I can also play Oxenfree 2 for free. Well, there were some kinks to that. So I go on the Netflix website. I'm like, okay, I want to download the PC version of Oxenfree 2 and play it on my PC. I didn't even assume that it could work for a console or whatever, even though it is on Switch. And there's no PC version. If you get it for free from Netflix, you cannot play it on PC. There is a PC version, but they don't give it to you. Uh Instead, the only platforms that you can play it on free from Netflix is Mac or iOS. So I ended up playing the game on partially on an iPad, although our one iPad was too old and it wouldn't work. It's like, nope, your iPad's too old. So I had to go dust, get the the newer one that my wife was using. So I played it partially on the iPad and then the wife needed the good iPad back. So I had to go to my phone and I ended up playing a lot of it on my phone. So you can get it free if you are a Netflix subscriber, but you have to jump through some hoops to do it. And you have to use the app on your Mac or iOS device and then, and then it will say, okay, you have the right platform. And then you just search for Oxenfree. And it's just like searching for a show on Netflix. You just tap it and then it'll say, do you want to install it? Yes. And then it opens up a separate app from the app store, which is actually Oxenfree too. So it will have its own icon on the screen that you can that tap. It seems like it wasn't quite ready to launch. It's insane and convoluted, but you're right. Like I have a feeling that Netflix is like, this is our first time doing something like this. Um, I mean, ultimately, I did get the game for free, and I wasn't able to play it. I have not finished the game. I'm about five or six hours into it, something like that. Um, I did Google it. It looks like the game's about eight hours, so I'm per- I'm more than halfway through it. But but anyway, just so you know, if you want to play it for free, it is a little bit of a convoluted process, but you can do it. Um, so let's talk about the game. Did you play the first Oxenfree, Matt? Yeah, I played the first back in the day. Did you like it? Yeah, I remember liking it. Yeah? Kind of a, you know, one of those... I mean, I get it. It kind of blends with all the other weird point-and-click, like you know, adventure game things, where like it's like, oh, a weird thing happens, supernatural stuff gets involved. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's like like oxen free and Kentucky Route uh, Zero, Zero, yeah. and um, uh, uh, Thistlewood, whatever you know, <laughs> you, you know, you know Thistlewood n- Junction, Night in the Night <laughs> in the Woods, and all you know, like all those that, that wave uh-huh. of things like that. Forget how long ago it was. Like yeah, it, was, it, it took forever to get this game out. Well, the first one follows a group of teens yeah. that are on a beach, like an island somewhere. Yeah, like, like a portals open or something like that. Yep, portals to other dimensions open and blah blah blah. This game has the same concept and it's set in the same area. In fact, there's a, po- a point in this game where you can see the island where the first game takes place in. Yeah, and again has the obsession with tuning a radio to yep. different frequencies. That's. This whole game is all about that. Very, again, very much like the first one. However, this game does feature an entirely new cast, an entirely new plot. It's just set in the same place, and they're still dealing with the same issues. So you play as a girl named Riley. She's in her 30s. She was in the military. She either flunked out of the military or left the military, and she's come back to her hometown. Basically, with her tail between her legs, she's failed at life, quote-unquote. Her dad is also not in good health. And so she returns to her, her hometown to be to try to get her life on track and also to be around her father, who needs her help. Um, she takes a job working for this environmental company, and she shows up for her first day on the job, and she meets this guy named Jacob, who, as it turns out, was also in her high school class, but he was kind of the quiet, smart guy, and she just never knew him because she was running around with, like, the hip crowd or whatever. But he knew her. 
He's like, oh, do you remember we had history together? We had math together? And she's like, I don't remember you at all. And they're, they are the team, and they are both on the job at the same time. And basically what they're doing is they need to set up four of these antennas around the area to track the radio waves from the first game. So basically what's happened is scientists have figured out there's all this crazy stuff going on, and they're trying to sort it out. And you're a part of the team, quote, unquote, the environmental team, who needs to set up these antennas so you can track the radio waves and figure out where they're coming from and why they're disrupting things and blah, blah, blah. Well, you go to plant the very first antenna at the top of a hill and you get there and electricity shoots out of it and it goes over to the island from the first game and opens a portal above the island. And that's what sets everything into motion. And basically, you kind of end up going through the same process that the teenagers did in the first game. Now, there's a bunch of different twists to this. Um... You there's this other group of teens that are not the teens from the first game who are trying to summon spirits and they end up attacking, attaching themselves to you. So there's certain points in the game where you just get like zapped into this other place where these teens are again are also on a beach standing around and they're like, oh, my gosh, there she is. And it becomes this weird cat and mouse with you and these group of teens while you're all trying like they're trying to summon people from the other world. You're trying to finish the job. Um, As you mentioned, you have a walkie talkie in this. And a big part of this is tuning the walkie talkie. So. A lot of the puzzles, if you don't know how to solve them, you pull up the walkie-talkie and you adjust the dial, and it will tune into basically ghosts broadcasting. Or there are also, on the walkie-talkie, like seven or eight different channels of real human beings that you can talk to. And all that is completely optional. But I will say this, if you decide to play this, go through the walkie channels, because some of the best writing and the best story beats happen through those different walkie-talkie channels where you're actually talking to other human beings who are experiencing kind of the same thing, but from a different perspective. It gives you a different perspective on what's happening inside the game. Um, So your task is to set up the four different beacons around the island. It's an island town in Oregon. Um, and, And then probably I would say the main antagonist, other than just solving the mystery, is that cult. It's called the Parentage. Um, And they're basically trying to exploit Kamina, that's the name of the town, supernatural phenomena like time travel and space portals for its own ambitions. So if you played the first game, I'll say this, there's not a ton of mystery in this. It becomes more about the relationships between you and your sidekick. And the way the game plays is like you just tap on the screen wherever you want to go. Or if you're playing on PC, you just click and the people just go there automatically, the two. And they're together. They're kind of like tethered together or whatever. Now... Some of the new additions to this, other than the walkie-talkie, are is climbing. So you're out of the military, you're a really good climber. Your sidekick is not. And so there are certain points in the game where you have to go one way and you can climb and get there more quickly and he has to go the long way and like take the sidewalk. And so there are kind of branching paths in the game, but there aren't enough. So this is kind of an open world game. It's this huge sprawling map that you play on. Um, and there's no load times. You can just go from one to the one screen to the next, and it's gigantic. But there's also no fast travel. So there's lots and lots of backtracking in this, where you get an item here, and you need to take it all the way back to the beginning. You have to run it manually through all the screens to get back to where you need to go, and they walk really slowly. That became really annoying to me really quickly, with the amount of backtracking you have to do and having to remember. And again, playing this on my cell phone, it was so small. Like, I had problems reading. So you've probably seen already in the B-roll, like, prompts will just pop up above the character's head. You need to tap them very quickly before they go away, or otherwise you don't register a response. 
those responses change the story and will branch the story off in different directions. Playing it on my cell phone, I couldn't even read them before they would disappear. They were so small and it was like white text on like a light blue background. Like there was lots of times where I just didn't respond at all because I was trying to read them and they disappeared before I could. Now playing it on Switch, on a TV or on your PC, that's a lot different. But again, if you play this for free, you're probably gonna be playing it on a tablet or your phone. And I had problems dealing with the smaller screen and the way that the game is designed. Um, the game is non-linear. So once you install that first beacon and you have to install the other three still, you can do those in any order that you want to. But I also found that it made the narrative a little broken and weird. There was at least one instance where someone said something to me and I had no idea what they were talking about. And I don't know if it was like a mistake that the developers made or it, there was, it was referenced before and I just missed it or whatever. But there were moments when I played this where I was like, oh, maybe I put the wrong beacon up first and went to the wrong part of the, of the island and I should have done one of the other beacons. But it lets you do it in whatever order you want to, which can create some freedom. But again, it also creates a good bit of backtracking, which to me is the most annoying part of the game. Um... You use the walkie-talkie a lot. You walk a lot. That thus the lower third, walkie-talkie. It mm. is really kind of a walking simulator. There are simple puzzles that pop up here and there, and they're mostly solved with, like, the touch screen. Like, you put your finger down on something, and then you drag it in different directions, and you try to, like, line up, like, geometric shapes. Like, there's puzzles, but they're very simple and very easy to solve. And for the most part, it really is just kind of like a mystery walking simulator. But the good news about it is... That part of the game is excellent. The writing, the voice acting, all of it, top-notch. Like, the two people that they got for the two leads in this, which is the bulk of the voice acting and the writing, incredible. Great casting, great job. One thing I really like about the voice actors in this is, they, is their tone is very conversational. There's a lot of ums. Like, they speak like normal people do. They say um, they say like. Um, it's not like they're reading from this script that's written in perfect English and they're, and they're reciting it word for word and punctuation for punctuation. They allow some conversational tone to creep in. And it does feel like when they recorded a lot of these lines, they were like, okay, this is what we need to do in this scene. Just say it. And then the actor said it and then they just transcribed it for the subtitles or whatever. It, I don't know if that's the case. That's what it feels like because it really does feel like you're just listening to a friend talk about something for the entirety of this game, which I was really impressed by. Um, eventually, you, there is some time travel mechanics. So a big part of this game is how these time rifts open up in the world. Like you've seen in some of the B-roll, there's these big triangles that open up. Those are time rifts. And some of the puzzles, like later on in the game, like you'll come to something where like an elevator has like collapsed or whatever. A time rift will open up. You can go through the time rift. It will go back in time to where the elevator worked properly. And then you can use the elevator. Like, there's stuff like that in it. But again, they're very simple. Like, there was never a puzzle in this that really made me think for long at all. Like, mm -hmm. it's really just kind of like a means to the end. And it's really just the writing and the storytelling that, like, wins the day in this game. Um, again, there are branching paths in this. This is something that I kind of screwed the pooch on because I couldn't read a lot of the responses that were popping up. Um, above their heads um, so maybe I missed a little bit of the impact on that stuff but I haven't got to the end of the game yet to see how it actually impacts like the conclusion of the game but I can see how it already impacts how Jacob reacts to Riley because I've been very nice to him and at first he's very timid and shy because he was kind of the class nerd and he's a little embarrassed that like you don't remember him at all even though you had like four classes with him or whatever 
And as you be as you're nice to him, even in the early going, he starts to loosen up a little bit. He starts cracking jokes. He starts being a lot more jovial. Um, his attitude towards Riley changes a bunch. So I'm already seeing like some of my decision making and some of the choices that I've made in the dialogue starting to affect what ultimately happens inside the game. But again, I have not finished it. So um, again, the walkie is kind of the crux of the whole thing. You can see right there the numbers. Those are the channels. So when you first get there, like there's someone who you're working with who's on the walkie all the time saying, okay, now you need to go to the general store to get your gear. And now you need to take the gear up to this mountaintop. And you get there and like you can't get to, And she's like, you need to do it anyway. And so there's mystery behind her because she, she's talking to people on the phone that you don't know and you've never met. And so you're wondering if like this is all a setup and you're just the sucker. You're the mark that they got to go and do all this stuff for them. And that permeates kind of throughout the entire game. Like at least the whole game that I played, I'm still not sure that the people that I'm working for and with are actually looking out for my best interests. And I think that's great. That's like an underlying tension that, it, that excels throughout the entire game. Um, as you've seen, the, the visuals, all hand-drawn art, I think your mileage will vary on that depending on how much you like it. I wish things were bigger. It's very hard to tap, again, on a phone or a tablet, the exact place that you want to go to on the path and make sure that they go there. There's lots yeah, of times... I never had any problems like that with the first game, but it was, I was playing on PC. Yeah. It seems like a strange thing to lim limit to a, a touch screen. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I mean, obviously you just buy it on PC, I guess. Yeah. Um, again, I got it for free through my Netflix subscription, mm -hmm. so I just played how I got it, basically. I mean, right now, I think it's only 15 bucks. Is it? For It's a launch discount thing, so I'm, I'm sure it ends at some that point. That sounds about right for this. But fifteen, I think it's fifteen bucks on that on PlayStation. Is it on Switch? Uh, yep. Yeah. It's on PC, PS4, PS5, Switch, and Mac. Okay. And obviously iPhone, iOS, Mac, whatever. No Xbox. Interesting. No, it'll come though. I'm sure it yeah. will eventually. Um, Oxen Free Two Special Edition. Right. Yeah. Yep. Game of the Year Edition. Yeah, but you know the branching narrative. It does give you at least some opportunity to want to play it again. Um. I probably won't know how great that opportunity is until I actually finish it and see how different the endings are. Once I go on YouTube and start kind of looking around to see all the different endings after I've actually finished it for myself. Um, the, as I said, the voice acting is incredible. The music in this is also pretty awesome. It's like synthwave stuff, mm -hmm. but it's not like um, finished synthwave tracks where they're three minutes long and there's like, there's like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, end. They kind of just draw and drag on. They're kind of like dirges, really. They're almost like one keyboard key that's just hit, and it just lasts for like 10 minutes in a lot of ways. Music from and, the right. hearts. Yeah, and they'll send it through like space. a filter or something so it doesn't get completely boring. Um, but the stuff that is a little more structured. Later tonight, we'll have information on the types of sedatives used, yeah. by, used by tonight's artists. Yeah. It does give it a little bit of a Stranger Things vibe because most of the stuff in that is all synthwave, too. Um, and it does give it a little bit of that vibe. The mystery is definitely kind of Stranger Things-ish. But the one thing I will say is like... Except it has an actual answer. Right. Well, the first thing I would say... The other thing I would say, too, is that like the first game was a horror game. This is yeah. really not. This is more of like a thriller, like mystery game. It's not really scary, even though you are dealing with like ghosts and supernatural yeah, stuff. I mean, I didn't think the first thing it was all that scary because you were looking at pixels. Right. Like, I mean, there wasn't a lot of involvement, really. Yeah. Um, and so... 
the visuals in this, your mileage will vary. You can see it. The other thing too, it's really small. Like you can't really see the animated if there's animated faces or if there's much animation at all. I do like the animation in this. Like the way that they walk and run, I think is pretty funny. It's stylized. Like the game definitely has like a house style to it, yeah. and I like it. So did the first one. It's, it's, yeah, it, it looks like the first. It's very even in a even even in a world where these kinds of games are not actually all that uncommon anymore. You show me this, and I'm going to know it's oxen free. Yep. Absolutely. And they stick it. They stick the landing in this one as well. Um, it doesn't stray too much from the look of the first game. Um, so, yeah, the Synthwave soundtrack I thought was good. It, it does get a little monotonous at times because there are some songs that are just like a drone or a dirge, just like this one note that just goes on and on. Um, but, yeah, the characters have almost, almost like a puppet-style animation. Like, it's exaggerated. Like, they really flare, like, their elbows and, like, I don't mm -hmm. know. It has its own look. And well, its they're own so small, tone. they got to... Kind of do Ham it that. up somehow. Yeah. yeah. And they are always look like this. Like, you'll never get a cut scene that's like a close-up. Mm. It's always from like a far I distance. I saw there's a picture of Riley's face on the map. Yeah. That's about as close yep. as you're going to get. Yep. That's the best way that you'll know what she actually really looks like. Um, so, yeah. That's Oxen Free 2. I've had fun with it. I think that $15 price tag is perfect. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't pay much more than that. If it is like a launch discount, like 20 would be kind of pushing it a little bit, I think. Um, but again, like, you can get this for free if you're a Netflix subscriber, and I know 80% of y'all are. Although you, it seems like you do pay for it in a sense. You do. I mean, it's, I, there was a point where I was like, is this worth it? Like, mm -hmm. when I was going through to play the game, I'm like, this is kind of a pain in the butt. Um, but as a part of your Netflix subscription, that's okay. And I do hope that Netflix finds a more elegant way to do this going forward, because this is a new initiative for Netflix. This is going to keep happening. It is going to keep buying studios. It is going to keep releasing exclusive indie games on its platform. Now, the weird part to me, Matt, is that you can't play it in Netflix. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're probably not set up for that. I like, I really thought that I would be able to plug in a controller to the USB port on my TV and play it on my TV using the Netflix app. Nope. You thought that? I really did, yeah. I mean, I think what that's would, what the what plan would, is going to be. What would run it? Netflix. I thought it would stream it to me. Like, oh, I thought God. they would play it on the cloud or what. I mean, this game's fine on the cloud. Yeah, but they don't really... I don't think they have that... That I mean, their app isn't done, set for that, I don't think. I mean, but I think that's what their ultimate goal is going to be. Maybe. I mean, it makes Good the luck. most sense. It's. Um, well, I mean, it's it weird makes, to, like, not be able to... It makes the most sense from their perspective, I guess. It's weird to not be able to play a Netflix game in Netflix. Like, that just seems really bizarre to me. Um... So again, there's some hoops to jump through if you want to play it for free. I would totally be cool with paying $15 for it as well. Like I said, I'm up over halfway through. I already kind of feel like I got my I got $15 worth of entertainment out of it. Um, mm -hmm. I am excited. I'm going to keep playing it because I do want to see what happens in the conclusion. Um, the they, they do a great job developing the characters and making you care about them. I guess that's what's most important in a game like this, and they nail it. Um, I've seen some reviews that people said it's not as good as the first. I, I think the improvements in this offset some of the things where it's not as good so i could probably put both games on equal footing but for different reasons um the talk the walkie talkie in this definitely adds a different dimension to the game that it didn't have before um so there are things in it there are some quality of life improvements as well but again i do wish that they had like fast travel points instead of having to run all mm. the way back through like all the different screens to get back to use something that you collected somewhere later on um but those are really just nitpicks um for the most part 
if you're into and i would call this a visual novel more than like an adventure game it really is more like a walking simulator visual novel um if you're into those type of games i think this is like one of the top shelf examples of that so if you're looking for something a little narrative uh a little bit of a narrative spin to play uh during the hot summer months here i think it's a good choice um and again you can get it for free if you are a netflix subscriber do you have any questions about it matt not really yeah seems pretty self-explanatory especially if you played the first one yeah Cinetyke says, I understand, I think he's saying Shane's perspective, when they advertise it as, it's on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the marketing. Mm -hmm. But then you go on Netflix, and it's like they take you, if you do download it, they take you to some other place. I mean, it's its own app on your tablet or on your phone when you actually go to play it. It's not even in the Netflix app. So now you got to search for it in the Netflix, Netflix app. And it is weird how, from that app, you click on download it, and then it downloads another app that opens up on its own. So... They're jumping through some hoops here to make this thing mm-hmm. work as well. It's really interesting how they got it to work ultimately. But anyway, that's Oxen Free 2. Um, it is available for other platforms. I would not spend more than $15 or $20 for it, though. All right, let's move on. We're going to give you guys what y'all asked for over the last week. So after last week's episode, a bunch of you guys on Sifted were like, wait a minute, I wanted to hear Matt's final impressions of Final Fantasy 16." And I agree, it was an oversight on my part for last week's episode. I should have had it in there. Uh, but I hadn't seen Matt in a couple weeks. I had totally forgotten that he never got to really deliver his final verdict on the game. Mm. And Matt has been playing the living crap out of it. So I wanted to give him a chance to come on here and talk about his experiences continuing on with Final Fantasy 16. At this point, Matt, where are you in the game? Oh, it's been a while. Um, I think I've got three of the Mother Crystals destroyed. Okay. Um, yeah, so you have, that, what, one left? Two left. Two left. Five. That's right. There's five, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know exactly. What was the big story beat that happened last? It's not a spoiler. Destroying the third crystal. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I played it in two weeks. Oh, you it's have been, it? It's been a long time. Well, okay, well, what what caused the pause? Dave the Diver. Ah, uh, you got hooked on Dave the Diver. Yeah, which is in another room. Uh, so that's kind of the thing. Is like yeah. my, my laptop and everything is in there. I moved it back out you know, yesterday to play Exoprimal, so I might go back to Final Fantasy now. Um, but yeah, Dave the Diver really sort of took over life, yeah. the universe. And actually, like this week, I, I don't really know why. Probably Starfield Mania. I got back into Everspace Two. Oh, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, Do you think your, this distraction is an indictment on Final Fantasy Sixteen for you? No, no, no. I like this game a lot, actually. Me too. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's it's I I don't think it's perfect but I do think it's the best Final Fantasy since 6. I'd agree with that. Um yep. it is the best written Final Fantasy of all time. Uh that is not high praise, but it is better than average. Um it is uh it's 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 engaging. It's it's weirdly quiet. Like one of the, I'm continually surprised by it, not in a bad way, but I it's constantly been like it's it's more folded in than I expected uh, even that team the the team that whatever creative business unit 3 the Final Fantasy 14 team it's and like there's a lot of you can tell there's a lot of thought put into how things unfold and and how they're trying to make you feel and how they try to pay that off and I thought it was very interesting because um, I had some of the same thoughts uh, when uh, Steph Sterling made the video about how they hated it because they were running into bigotry in the game with the slaves with the, and things with like the, that. With the branded and everything, mm-hmm. yeah, um, which is 
very much like I mean, it's kind of there through the whole thing, and there is like an element of like, oh, these people are nice to their slaves. Mm-hmm. That's not okay, right. you know. And like, um, and then you go to the imperial area, and they're all horrible. Like they're mm-hmm. like it's it's amazingly bad. Like just, I think that's on purpose. It is absolutely though. on purpose. <laughs> yeah. But like, Steph, you got to stick with it. Steph, well, yeah, Sestron was like, oh, it's it, it's just showing this, and you never get to fight back against it. And a couple times, Clive like you know has a little monologue about it, mm-hmm. but nothing. But then if you keep going, there's a five-year time jump after a big moment, and Clive basically says, you know, agrees with Sid retroactively that, like, just changing people's minds isn't enough. We have to change the world. Yeah. We have, like, the system is the problem, not the people. Yep. And so you basically become a revolutionary who is working even against the wishes of some of the people who are being oppressed. Like there's one of the first things after that time jump, you do a big thing and all the branded that you tried to save are all like, are like, leave us alone. You just make it worse. You leave and then they punish us and da da da, mm-hmm. which is a common like yeah. argument against you know emancipation movements, which yeah. is their abolition movements. Which you got to like, finish the job. Which is like because this system it has ways of reinforcing itself. Yeah. And like if you just kept going, and then like Sterling did a whole thing, another video of it's like, oh, if you tell me that it gets good after thirty hours, you it's not about then it's okay. Sucks. But that's not what anyone is saying. Also, Final, the game wasn't terrible for the no, first Final thirty Fantasy hours. 13, <laughs> Final Fantasy thirteen gets better after thirty hours. Yeah. This game that was just how the story was unfolding. Yeah, and yeah it goes. This game slow. is pretty great the whole damn time. <laughs> but like, I think I think you 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 live through the proper amount of and like, look, yeah, Steph Sterling deals with bigotry probably every right. day yeah. because of who they are and what, yeah. what what they identify as. But like, and so maybe you don't want to play that in a, in a game yeah, because it could it's be like, more personal for them. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. But like, I think they do a pretty good job of, of making you go through this as Clive, and then having Clive realize that this ha- he has you know because Clive is nobility. Clive's a privileged person. He grew mm-hmm. up as a prince. For Although God's sake. he's kind of the bastard child. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's he, Jon Snow basically. Yeah, he, there's a Jon Snow <laughs> element to him. Uh-huh. Um, so he, and of course, your, and his mother becomes the main bad guy basically in, in yeah. behind a lot of the scenes. Yeah. But like. Um, there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a on lot there. of Game of Thrones going on in yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that the game has like a little reference material every time at any moment during any scene. And then when you get back to the base, you can look through giant webs of how everybody's yeah. related. By that's a really year. cool feature. What's that called again? Oh, that's the that's that one girl up in the corner with the warm table thing. There, they have a name for it, There's a name for it, about it. It's really it cool. Like I hope a, a bunch of other games start adopting that. But, like, you, you've got the one guy up in the up in the thing that the, in the library that has, like, the glossary of all the different terms and items but then you've got this tactical girl who basically you can look at the the entire world map and all the political associations between everyone and scroll through the whole timeline of the history of the world and see how it all changes yep. and again you can do the same with all the personal relationships in the game yeah which is like really good active like, time so lore, it's good active time lore yeah, yeah. but like Although that's, I think, just Thanks, the, that's just the um, the encyclopedia that the old guy runs. The thing that she runs is a little different. Mm-hmm. It's something else, though. But like, game's it, very smart. That's one of the reasons I'm not worried about going back into it after not playing it for two or three weeks. Is like it's gonna. It's no I problem. can just read that stuff and remember who everyone, who everyone is. And also, everyone's pretty memorable. Oh yeah. Overall. Oh yeah. I mean, the one thing that really struck me as I got further into the game is that it just kept rocking my socks. Like. Mm-hmm. I kept, things kept happening that were unexpected. Like nobody is safe in this game, and like you, I felt that way when we first played the demo because they kill off like everybody at the beginning. Of the Although game. I was right about that one thing, wasn't I? Which one thing? That Joshua was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You were. Um, you were totally right. 
But that keeps happening. Like, big characters oh, yeah. die. Like, all, like, unexpectedly. Like, you're like, oh, this is going to be a major attack. Oh, no, they're oh, dead, no. dead an hour later. Okay, cool. <laughs> or just partners, too. Like, people that you thought were going to be by your side, like... And they spend all this time developing these characters, and you really get attached to them. And then they just pull the carpet out from underneath you. Like it's great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of it. Like I, I think who I think who you're talking about. I knew he was dead meat on a hook, but like, yeah, because you have to. Clive has to become, you know, the the leader. Yeah, um, he has to be what he was born to be. That's true. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's some a lot of like, shadowing, yeah. but there's a lot of little things like these two guys that like you know you're like, oh these guys are actually pretty interesting for just the two moves Side you take kicks, on your yeah. on your tutorial mission, but like that matters later. Well, then too. you run it. Yeah, you run into them later. And yeah, you, yeah, it's and like what it's like the most emotion Clive shows in like 20 hours. <laughs> it's like oh my god, you're alive. It's like yeah, cool. Yeah, um, but it's it's yeah, it's, it, that all works really well. Like the character relationships are are pretty believable and like. You, and you kind of buy that they're sort of forming this like little coalition and like everybody's on this page or that page. Um, honestly, uh, as always, the weakest link is kind of the, the gameplay. Yeah. Um, I, I do think you can tell that the uh, the Devil May Cry guy was involved in this. Like, oh, yeah. The, the, combat sure. is, the combat is pretty smooth and like the boss battle, like give and take and the way that kind of works is actually pretty satisfying. The one thing I will say is like, I have my methods of getting through just about everything in the and like I don't need to do much more and you see like the the videos of people doing these crazy combo <laughs> things and I'm like why you don't like, need nothing to. is yeah. going to live long enough to do that all of it's juggling stuff related mm -hmm. you can't do that with the larger enemies of the bosses so what's the point that any of this is in the game I don't understand why that's in there yeah maybe for you know later on when we get harder difficulties or something maybe I don't like just I have, right, never, though, unneeded. I have yeah. never felt the need while I've gone into training mode and learned how to do some of those things I've never felt found a real world moment where that was useful where you or had to do it when right. I had an enemy with a life bar big enough to take that combo the combo didn't work because they can't be juggled right you know yeah, and yeah. so I yeah. I don't know it's it's fun but it's it a, does become a means to an end after yeah. a while um yeah. it's a little overwrought in places um but still an improvement over Final yeah. Fantasy XV by Peter a Griffin, wide margin. Oh, sure, yeah. As Peter Griffin says, it, it insists upon itself. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, but overall, it's funny. You know, I do find myself getting into fights just to, like, hit things. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it is satisfying. A lot of the finishers are satisfying. I like it pulling off kind of that little elemental combos are cool. Mm -hmm. um, I like the, a lot of the icon abilities. The icon abilities are cool. The the the, the icon fights are good. Like, yeah, I they're fun. I didn't it's expect crap. that. Like they all, yeah. they're all pretty different, and the and they feel pretty. It's the responsive. first kaiju fights that yeah. have ever felt good, like ever yeah. in a video game. <laughs> and you feel powerful, but you don't feel invincible. Yeah. Like they, if you if you let your guard down or don't get your defense down right, like it'll it'll nail you. It even feels um, better than like those GameCube Godzilla fighting games that oh, were yeah. like the rage oh, for yeah. a while. Like if you were gonna do a Godzilla game now, I think you would use this as your template. Yeah, you, no yeah absolutely. Yep, for sure. I mean, if Freed even looks like Godzilla, yeah. I mean he's got Godzilla modern no, Godzilla's right. face. Yeah, like, it does. It's, it's yeah. that, that snout and the way it, it's kind of the snubby snout. Like you take those horns off him, he looks a lot like that Godzilla yeah. minus minus one uh, design they just premiered yeah. last week. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's good. I I the the music's great. Um, yep. That, to it's, me, the story has held up the, the whole way yeah, through. The story's too. really like, good. That, to the, me, it was the X factor. Yeah, the it's I still got my interest. Um, I the world is fascinating. 
they I think they do a good job picking out all the different cultures and different places and, and everybody has believable like it feels like a place with history. It yeah, feels like a, it feels real. All the all the all the nations that have their opinions about the other nations and all the other leaders and stuff and it feels like you, you understand how they got there. Yeah. And that's really rare in any game, let alone a Final Fantasy game. Um, but again, these are, this is you know this, it just it feels the real. pedigree of this team goes back to Final Fantasy yeah. Tactics, which also did that. It feels like a world that could exist. It's yeah. like when I played like Final Fantasy X or X two, I'm like, this is just it's just nonsense, nonsense. Yeah, yeah. But this, I mean, this is the team that made Tactics yeah. and Vagrant Story and all those games, all those Ivalis games. Feel like they are in a real place. I'll ask you they a question. They are just extremely good at that. I'll ask you a question that the Sifters asked me for asking anything. What's the future of Final Fantasy? Probably more Nomura garbage. You think? I think it's all going to be like Final Fantasy Remake. I, I would love to see them get every other game, this team, to do them, but I just, I don't know. I really don't know. I think the legs of the sales are going to matter a lot. They will. And like, again, I hope Square is taking into account that this is, this is on one platform. The other thing too, it's I haven't not, seen commercials for this like hardly at all. Yeah, there hasn't been a lot of promotion. And for I this. watch sports all the time, and I have not seen hardly any ads for this at all. In yeah. fact, I don't know if I've seen any. I've seen some billboards in LA. Yeah, that's, I think that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, they could definitely do more. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I love this game. I think it's great. I really hope that they continue in this vein. But I, I think best case scenario, alternate. Between mm. Nomura and this. Nomura and this. Every other entry. There was a Taco Bell thing. Was there? You could get, like, in-game stuff oh, or really? something for it. I didn't do that, though. Yeah. I forgot about it. But I think that's the best case scenario is that we'll get one of these, and then we'll get one of the more goofy ones. Then we'll get one yeah. of these, and we'll get one of the more goofy ones. I mean, if they want to bring this team in and have them do, yeah, like the even-numbered ones or something, awesome. And let's like, be honest, would... Matt. We've only got about three more of these left in our lifespans. If yeah, they we'll, keep going yeah. on this schedule. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing how off the rails this series got. Uh-huh. Fall, it did like, fly off the like rails. Like, 13 just, like, threw this thing for a loop. Uh-huh. Like it, it, And it got stuck in that 13 world for, how, like, 10 years. Yeah. And then 15 was, what the no. hell? What was that like, even still to this day? I'm like, what was that? Like, I mean, I guess, I mean, I know like all, you're, you're dealing with sort of the fallout of 13 verses on that, too. But, like... Oh. Barry Lomax is asking, what about the PS5 overheating? I never had any problem. Now, I've seen that been a thing. Uh, some people report. But again, that stuff happens to systems sometimes. And like, you're just going to, you know, people who don't overheat are not going to make long threads saying, I never overheated. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, They're it's, just going to keep playing the game. <laughs> yeah. Never had a problem with it for me. And I left this thing on. I played this game for eight hours of a stretch. Oh, I would, leave it on, like, I would leave it on overnight. Yeah. Like, just leave my system on. I'd pass out on the couch playing it and wake up, like, the next day and be like, oh, I forgot to turn it off when I went to bed. So, yeah, I haven't had any problems with that. Yeah, even, I mean, even if this is not, like, the best seller of all time or anything for them, even if it's just, you know, we'll see how it goes, when, they, especially once they expand it out to other platforms. Um, this is This is the way. It is. It absolutely is. Like, it doesn't all have to be like super, like kind of you know traditionally grounded like Western mm-hmm. style fantasy, like the yeah. you know, this Game of Thrones influence. But like they can still have fun with it. This, I mean, you could make a completely batshit like weirdo sci tech magitech thing world that still had this level of care and detail put yeah. into the the interpersonal relationships and the interpolitical relationships, and it would be great. You can like, still have an adult write the story. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can always do that. Like, it doesn't like matter. Like, it doesn't have to be stupid. Yeah. 
It doesn't. Like, it really doesn't. That's what this game proves, really, yeah. is you don't have to make games for, like, four-year-olds. Like, it's okay. You can make games for people who, yeah. who graduated high school. And if you absolutely have to, that's what you can have fun, the Final Fantasy VII Remake stuff happen right. as a Just side story. Just keep that whole series going. Yeah. Like, I don't want to deprive people of what they like, want. Like, clearly that Why works. Why can't we both get what Clearly we want? that works for the people that like Final Fantasy yeah. VII for whatever yeah. reason. And I'm totally um, cool with that. But I would like, it. yeah, I would like to play these periodically. Me too. Yep. So I hope I get another one in my lifetime because I love this game. Well, I mean, from all reports, if you want another one in your lifetime, go play Final Fantasy XIV mm. and get to the expansion content. Yeah. I'm not this gonna, is all the same people. Matt, I'm not going to play an MMO. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this: um, having played a good number, I'm good. I may play like eighty, hour, 80 hours of that. Game, oh wow! And, and still, I'm only halfway to the expansion content. Wow! Um, that game does does play not super dissimilar from something like. I mean, it's not an action game combo mm-hmm. thing, but like you are playing in semi real time, activating abilities. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like that stilted MMO feel. Okay. Um, it, it is kind of fun to play. It's just at a certain point, it just goes on forever. Mm-hmm. And the main—that's an MMO. That's and how you, they work. <laughs> you want to talk about oxen free having you to go back and forth all these different places? At a certain point, I—I I, one of the few times I ever ever spent real money in an, in an MMO was to activate fast travel stuff in that game. Because like <laughs> I need—I'm not walking another 15 minutes back to that because they'll literally send you from one place to another to talk to someone once and then say go back to the hideout. And I'm like. All right, we're teleporting. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's, <laughs> I'm paying the and money. It costs a little bit of these gems every time, and those gems are real money. But I'm like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> there's a point at which your time is more valuable than that. No, you're right. There comes a point where it's like, how much is my time? But worth? I will say that the 16 definitely uh, incentivizes me to get back on that Final Fantasy 14 horse at some point and yeah. really see what Heaven's Word and all those those things are about because if that's that same team uh, i would definitely like more of that please okay there you go matt's impressions final impressions of final fantasy 16 you asked for it and we delivered next up our last topic for today isn't really a topic because we're gonna go and take a look at how the sifted video game fantasy league between matt and i is going um and i'll just say this matt after going through and compiling everything and looking at it it is literally anyone's game i'm just gonna bring this up right now this is the update hmm. so as of right now i better hope space marine shows up yep you do you need space marine to come out for sure um yes. although your second alternate is pretty good <laughs> yeah octopath did better than i thought another thing i would say too fuck is, you redfall i mean i could i was shocked it was a 60 matt I thought it was like a forty something. It was for a while. Like that review, up. that score has come way up. Mm-hmm. Like I'll just be honest with you, some of the scores, I was just like, "What the f are the critics thinking on some of these?" I was like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Like Hogwarts Legacy, eighty four? Are you effing kidding me? Like that's one of my game of the year candidates. Like I don't know what these people were thinking. Like some of the scores here, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like like a Dragon Ishin is not an eighty. It's not. That game is not an 80. Like, that game is like a 65. Like I think that comes from uh, giving it to people who are willing to yes, play the Yakuza game. fans. Like, it, these review scores are all screwed up. Like, I was just like, whole, I couldn't believe my... Forspoken a 64? I don't know. I was just like, hot look at, damn. Look at those fifth picks. Capcom. Yeah. Burning the charts up Seriously? in the 90s there. What? Both of us nailed our fifth picks. Absolutely. Um, but as you can see, um, Matt has four games left to get scores from. He has six total now. I'm wondering if Spider-Man 2 is going to have that same like Hogwarts Legacy effect. 
I don't know. Like, remember the first game? It was like an eighty-seven. Yeah. The first Spider-Man is not an eighty-seven. That is a ninety-something. If that's an all-timer, I hear you. Um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor in eighty-two. That's insane. I mean, I can see that for given the technical issues at launch. Like, I didn't really have any though. A lot of people had. I mean, the the PC version didn't work yeah like th- but it was the pc version score wasn't that different from the console score no i mean it's it's uh, I, that game is better than a freaking i mean i think it's better than, i think it's better than that but in terms of how you review things and how reviews work it doesn't surprise me it surprised me no that's <laughs> if that had launched in solid technical shape it would probably be more like an 88 yeah but like i i think it's way better than an 82 but that's just my opinion um, so Matt has four games left to add to his team. I still have five. Hollow Knight Silk Song, Matt. I don't think it's gonna launch this year. Yeah, but then you get your your overrated Ishin. I mean, 80. dude, Hollow Knight will get like a nine at least, guaranteed. Probably. I mean, I'm gonna lose a full point there. But what the hell, man? What the hell is up with that game? I thought that was I was not worried about Hollow Knight at all. I was worried about Armored Core. Like I I told you at the time, you, I was gonna let you get six Silk Song one way or the other. <laughs> I, I don't trust it. it. Anyway, it is neck and neck, Matt. Like there is no way in determining who is gonna win this at this point. Like no. my X Factor, Armored Core is a big X Factor for me for sure. Hollow Knight, if I have to get like a dragon and get an eighty there, that's bad. Baldur's Gate, I'm pretty confident about. Assassin's Creed Mirage. Baldur's Gate, I'll be shocked if it's below a 94. I mean, that's really high, but a, a lower it's, than it's a 9, got, maybe, I'd be shocked. But No, it, that thing's going to be one of the highest rated games of all time. Wow. I will I will bet you money right now. Um, So I still have Starfield. That could be, who knows? Starfield could be a 70. <laughs> it could be a 95. I know. We don't know. Anything yep. in between. Could I, be anything. I mean, right now, like you're, if it weren't for Space Marine 2... I would say, and Stalker 2 is a little dicey. Oh, Stalker 2 is gone. Stalker oh, 2's, really? Yeah. It's no, not coming out this not year? Not a chance in hell. Really? I don't know if they've made it official, but there's not a... No, I have two... Suicide Squad and Stalker are not coming out. Like, uh, I, I am... I, have two I don't gone. think Stalker 2 is definite Stalker yet. 2 is gone. Huh. Stalker 2 is not coming out I this thought year. it still had a chance. Not a chance in hell. Really? I thought it did. They would have mentioned it... it, it well, that's it why I gave month. it a not applicable instead of a zero. I mean, I don't think they've officially said it's not coming out this year, but it's not coming out this year. Not a chance in hell. Well, not a the good news is your second... Hell. Space Marine 2 has to come out or I will have a zero on the team. Yeah. That's it. And I think it is going to come out. It seems like it. They've like, shown through the whole yeah. not E3 stuff, like, they were like, it's coming, it's coming. It's like, I don't think it's even coming, like, late in the year. I think it's coming, like, August, September time frame or something. That's the only thing that would throw it into, into flux. Otherwise, like, this is neck and neck, dude. Like, look, even our average scores, mm-hmm. 82 to 81.8. Like, it is just as close as it could be, man. Like, I'm kind of surprised Fire Emblem ended up at an 80. Like, that's the first Fire Emblem to score that low in, like, 20 years or something. Like, I, I don't know. I thought these scores were nuts as I started looking through them. But in Assassin's Creed Mirage, that could easily be at 70-something. Yeah. I mean, my to me, my team has a lot of X-Factors right now. You, you have an extra game in the bank already. Your X factor is whether the games are going to come out or not. So mm. I think it's neck and neck. I don't see any way you could figure out who is has a higher chance of winning at this point. Like, it just, to me, it looks like dead even. Um, so here we go. We got like five. This is, might be, this is probably going to be the best season ever of the Sifted Video Game Fantasy League. Speaking of which, I haven't checked in on the Fantasy Challenge for a while to see how people are doing in that either. I, don't know. I forgot to do that. Yeah. You didn't even enter this no, year i forgot oh that stinks because i remember you said like 
that's gonna happen. You close this like tonight. Don't be. I'm like, I'll do that, and I just didn't. You forgot. I forgot. Yeah. So anyway, I think it looks really close. I don't know what you guys think. Let's take a look at the chat and see if, if you guys are picking like who's gonna win here. Yeah, they have not changed. They have not announced anything beyond Stalker's previously announced release date of December. But I do not believe that for one second. Okay. December 2023 for that for a game made in Ukraine that they haven't even shown anything of this year. Come on. Yeah. Like that game's gone. That game's next year or sometime. Um, Playland MX Shane won easily from where I see. I don't know where you're getting that from. I don't know. Barrel MX says Armor Core looks like it will be good. It does, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, I imagine Armor Core is going to be in the, the solid 80s. Uh, Eth Demon says, which are you going to bite the bullet on the 100 hours for Baldur's Gate? We both are. I'm trying to get review code for both of us right now, so we're both going to play it. I think Matt will probably end up playing it longer and <laughs> play more hours than I will, uh, but we're both going to play it, so we'll both be talking about it on Game Face here. Um, that's it. I'm surprised no more. No more. That Only one person tried to predict who was going to win. Oh, Emperor Dread says it's going to be Matt. Okay. So there's one for Matt, one for me, but that looks like it. No one else is really trying to guess. Uh, Cinetyke says, to me, it feels like Shane's following picks will come true decently, except Hollow Knight. So Shane wins. I don't know. I think um, if Space Marine 2 makes it this year, I probably win. Everyone's picking. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Everyone is picking me. I think they're trying to jinx me. Hmm. <laughs> All the people are coming in now saying I think Shane will win. Barry Lomax, too close to guess. That's what I think. And actually, I could still win if if uh, Mirage and Starfield bomb. That's true. Yeah. Like, if if they if Starfield comes out and doesn't work and Mirage is really boring. You got some high scores, dude. 96, drop. 92, and you're going to get Spider-Man. That's easily going to be a 90. Be there. Yeah. Forza is probably going to be at least an 8 point something. Yeah. I mean, Forza might be a 9. Octopath is a solid addition. Yeah. It's going to be close, man. Real close. And that's awesome. Like, honestly, like, most of our leagues are over by now, usually, yeah. and this one's going to come right down to it. Um, we'll be waiting right till the end to see if Stalker 2 launches or not, I think. I mean, my guess is by October or November, maybe, they'll say, like, okay, yeah. either it's coming or it's not. I just, I think if, if that was still coming this year, we'd have a pre-order, we'd have a maybe. statue edition. Amount, you know, like, I think we'd know more yep. by now. So anyway, maybe they're playing it safe and just being like, we're not going to talk about anything until Starfield's out, but who knows? Yeah. So anyway, that's the update on the Sifted Video Game Fantasy League. Uh, maybe for next week, I'll go take a look at the Sifted Fantasy Challenge and try to figure out which one of you guys are leading in that. Um, I just aim for the sky on that because Matt and I can't win. So I literally just, I don't even think about whether games are coming out or not. I just pick the games that I think are going to score the highest because I'm hoping that one day I just achieve this like, impossible to beat score by doing that but that'll never happen because games always yeah, get delayed. that that is that is why you <laughs> fail yeah exactly uh so anyway there you go that's the update on the sifted fantasy league and now it's time for well, that's right party people it's time for name that game where i show you five screenshots from a video game and you try to guess the name of the game before that guy a couple things before we get going. If you won this year, do not play. Do not guess. Do not chat. Do not do anything. Just sit back and enjoy the entertainment. Uh, the chat will be on slow mode, which means that you can only put one thing in every 60 seconds. So do not spam the chat with game titles. It is a sure way to lose because what's going to happen is the next screenshot will come up and you'll be like, I know it. And you're going to try to type it in and you're not going to be able to type it in. Uh, the other thing is these we give away a code for this, a free game for the winner. Um, if you are not a PC gamer or you do not know a PC gamer that you would want to give the code away to, 
please don't play. Please let somebody win the game, win the code who will actually play it or can give it to somebody who will play it. And again, I harbor no grievances against you guys if you win and give it to somebody else. We just want to make sure that it's used and that it's played by somebody. Once yeah, you win it... get it and tweet it or something. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Yeah, you can even give it away on Twitter if you want to. But I would, I would ask, if you do that, that you do mention that you got it from Game Face and Sifted just as a little bit of promotion for the site. That would be sweet. Um, this is a different one. This is a different name that game than we've ever done before. Um, I, I'm very interested to see how it goes. It could be a complete disaster. It could be awesome. We'll see. Um, are you ready, Matt? We got an FMV game in here. <laughs> no, but that's that will be another wrinkle later on. Are you ready? Sure. Chat, are you ready? Let's play. Name that game. Here is the first image. Ha. <laughs> Oh, is that... Um, Ark Survival Evolved, no. No. Uh, is that uh, Missile Command? No, it's not Missile Command. That's a good guess, though. Rebel Assault, no. That was from Justin Horman. Oh, we have a winner already. Actually, we have a bunch of winners. It oh. got in very quickly. Pitfall, yeah. It is Pitfall. That's pretty impressive that you guys got it from that color band. I wondered if it would if it would happen, but it, and it did. You guys literally got it from the three-color band. That's pretty awesome, man. I mean, I knew the system. You did. And I think maybe your guess resulted in them getting it. Or at least helped no, a little bit. I think that first one was too fast to be a response to me. Yeah, maybe. So let's see. Who got in here first? Playland MX. Congratulations. Here is your round of applause for winning Name That Game. That's pretty awesome that you guys got it from that. It looks like a flag from some country I've never heard of. <laughs> But it is Pitfall, one of my first ever favorite games. A lot of you guys guessed it, actually, but Playland got in just before y'all. Erebus Jones got it. Stucky got it. Evil Only got, 5 got it. I got to dig up the uh, the letter from one of those old v VG and CE magazines where somebody writes a, he wrote a letter in, and it's like, He's it's basically just lamenting that Pitfall was ever made because it created side scrolling and side scrolling has ruined gaming forever <laughs> because there's no creativity anymore because it's just Nintendo games now. Oh, interesting. Just in case you wanted to know if that complaint has been around forever, <laughs> it has. Well, for me, for my purposes of the person who has to set up name that game, that was an mm -hmm. epic fail. You guys got it very quickly on the first I definitely image. dig up at least three letters that specifically name Super Mario Brothers as the death of creativity in video games. <laughs> Bad takes. There's a, there's some Twitter feeds that are like just bad takes and yeah. just go and collect. That would age it. too well. Yeah. <laughs> Here are the other images that I had for Pitfall. There's that one. It's one of the brick walls. That one, which is trees, the, the yeah. tree canopy. But the way I oriented it in the frame, it could throw you off maybe a little bit. That's actually very recognizable to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I tried to make sure that you couldn't tell it with a pattern that repeats, but you can't actually. Um, it was here, Atari 2600. There's only so much you can yep. do. <laughs> Here's the fourth one. Yeah. That would have probably 99% given it away. And then this one absolutely would have. <laughs> yep. You can even hear the sounds in your head, right? It's pretty awesome. Uh, so once again, congratulations. Here's another round of applause for our winner. So Playland... To get your free game, you can DM us here on Twitch. You can DM me on Twitter at Dinfire. You can DM me on Sifted, where I am at Shane. You can DM Sifted on Twitter, at Sifted Games. Any of those ways to get at us, just let us know, and I'll get your code out to you, and I hope you enjoy your free game. 
Uh, we do have some time left for some Q&A. I am surprised that we got this show out to the full length, though. I really didn't think we were gonna. One day you will believe. I know, one day. Uh, we do have a little bit of time for some Q&A, at least a couple questions. If you guys want to ask us some, go at Sifted Games so we can pull them out of the chat easily. Um, here's one from El Guapo, 3385. Either of you doing the Oppenheimer Barbie double bill on site for this weekend? Not no. me. I never go to the movies. I'm going to see Barbie, and then I'll see Oppenheimer the week after. Because all the Oppenheimer showings, like, vanished. Because it's only in the IMAX stuff. Oh, really? How come? Nolan's very particular about how that movie is, how his movies are screened. So it's in all the IMAX, 70mm, like, it's all in there. Weird. So, there was a whole argument over that, because, like, Barbie couldn't get into any of the IMAX big, big screenings because it was already booked for Oppenheimer. Because huh. Nolan, Nolan basically cut a deal that gives him those those theaters for three weeks. Usually, it's only one week. That's why that's why Tom Cruise was mad because Mission Impossible is getting kicked out for Oppenheimer, oh. and Oppenheimer is on track to make half of what Barbie's going to make for the opening week. Oppenheimer, Wait, Barbie's tracking to do well. Oh, Barbie's going to be a massive hit. That movie looks so horrible to me. Oh, it looks amazing. Really? It looks great. It's it's for people who love Barbie and for people who hate Barbie. <laughs> Very. Okay. It's, it's, it looked it's, awful to me, but I'm I, surprised. I was at that. I was at the Warner Brothers thing, and it was all Barbied out. No, it's gonna like be, all the employees the, there had like Barbie smocks on. It's gonna like, be the hit of the summer. Wow, no I'm question. shocked to hear that. It's gonna make like it's. It was on track for like 100 million opening weekend. Oppenheimer's on track for like 50 million. Wow. I think. Oppenheimer is not an upper. It's three hours long, and it's about the dropping like, the nuclear bomb. It's about the invention of the the, the the end of the world in some way. It's like, mm. yeah, you're, you're not. It's not summer fair. It also it's, seems it's, a weird movie to watch in IMAX, but I, I mean, know. it's 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 Christopher Nolan. He shot it in IMAX. Everything's yeah. in IMAX. It's, I'm just it's saying, this whole thing doesn't really. I don't know. I think it's a big a, bombastic action movie for an IMAX. Yeah, you know, you're talking about big bomb. One like, big bomb. Well, there's a lot of <laughs> stuff in it. Oh, that's probably World War Two. Stuff in there, I'm guessing. Two, so, no, I'm just, um, yeah, I don't think there's any like, battle scenes or anything. No. He already did that. Mm, Dunkirk. That's true. Yep. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's it's Nolan. He knows how to use the frame. Like, I'm not worried about that. But like, also, like Barbie probably doesn't need to be in IMAX. No, either. it doesn't. The, the reason you want to be in IMAX is because they co the tickets cost more. right. Make more money. It's one of the reasons. Was one of the reasons why uh, uh, why Tom Cruise was pissed. Why Tom Cruise was pissed. <laughs> it's one of the reasons. Uh, uh, Transformers and Across the Spider Verse both sold about the same number of tickets the week after Across the Spider Verse came out and Transformers came out that weekend. But Transformers won at the box office by about ten million dollars because those tickets are more expensive. Yeah. Same reason that Avatar two did so well. One of the reasons is yeah, obviously people saw saw it over over again but one of the reasons is that those tickets cost like twice what they normally like it's like 17 bucks to see a movie at the chinese theater imax it cost me 33 dollars per ticket at, for avatar 2 yeah so yeah i wonder why it made two billion dollars yeah, that's why uh let's see ed h420 thank you for twitch prime and he also has a question between god of war ragnarok and zelda tears of the kingdom which felt more like a proper sequel did one feel like glorified dlc well we've talked recently about um, God of War Ragnarok, how both of us mm -hmm. ultimately were a little bit disappointed in it. Um, but which one feels more like DLC? I don't know. Those are, I, that's a good question because they're both I, kind of on equal footing in that regard, I yeah, feel like. I don't like. know if I'd say that about either of them, but I would say they're both about equal in the sense that they repeated a lot of what came before and didn't, the new stuff they gave me wasn't really what I wanted. Hmm. That's a good way to sum it up. I think they're. I think that's a good question because it is hard to decide between the two of them. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I mean, there's clearly more work put into both of those games than like a DLC. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, did I want to play other characters and divert from the kind of the main quest and divert from Kratos for that long in a God of War game? No. No. Did I want to play Lego and build all these things instead of actually solving real puzzles? No. Yeah. Like, so it's kind of like more, it's more that, it's not that they, I feel like they weren't full-fledged sequels. I just feel like they, both of those games went in directions that was as... James Cameron said about Alien 3, not how I would have done it. <laughs> Mellow so. Pinto. We were talking about Pitfall. Pharaoh Doll says, I was going to go Joust, which would have been also a good guess. And then Mellow Pintor says, I wasn't even alive when that shit came out. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's yeah, a board. There's you a, sure weren't. <laughs> there's a board game channel called Shut Up and Sit Down, which is very funny and run by the husband of uh, Lee Alexander. Yeah. If you know. But they did a thing where they have a younger guy on the staff, and at one point, like they're doing recommendations of, of games, and he's like, "I've got this game." Oh, the, the guy who's our age is like, "I got this game," and he's like, "It's like that game came out in like 1997. I was that's not a new game. That's so old. I wasn't even alive then." Yeah. And it just cuts over to the guy. He goes, "Cause I'll make you not alive now, you piece of shit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for making us feel old, Mellow Pintor. Um, Zed Saber Juno, Shane, if you knew the Activision Blizzard deal was going through, did you invest in their stocks? No. No. I, I can't afford stocks. What are you talking? I'm lucky to pay rent every month. No. Um, I don't, I think that was already, I talked to Pactor about it. He said that the sale was already baked into their stock price. That as soon as the whole acquisition was announced, yeah. its price shot up. And then people were just betting basically on whether it was actually going to go through or not. So, I, he had basically told me, like, there's not going to be a big rip no. of the stock when it does go through, and so I just kind of ignored it. But I also don't have money to buy stock anyway, so. Uh, Drifter J, over the last few years, I've seen some old G4 Tech TV shows popping up on YouTube. Is there any show you'd like to see again? I still like Portal. It's where I got Drifter from. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, Icons, the documentary series. That's mm -hmm. one of the best things that G4 did. Yeah, Icons was good. Yeah, it was really good. Like, the access was, that G4 it got. It was even good before we got there. It was. Unusual. It was, absolutely. <laughs> it was. Um, the access that that show got to the luminaries in the industry yeah. really was unparalleled. Well, it was the only thing doing anything like yeah. that. I mean, the, some of those guys had never been interviewed before yeah. about that subject. Yep. About, their, like, their history of things. Now it's YouTube. Like, was that the first documentary ever done about Roberta Williams? Oh, I'm sure. I'm, Must have been. Something I'm like that. 100% sure. Absolutely. Icons was way ahead of his time. A great show. Um, Justin Horman, thank you for subscribing at Tier 2. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Whoop, whoop, indeed. Um, Kevin Rafa, how did you come up with the name Gameface? I don't even know if I remember how I came up with the name Gameface. Well, I figured it was sort of a sports re reference because it's you know put on your game face. Well, that was thing. part of it. I think the bigger part of it was like exposing different facets of gaming was the mm. idea, the different faces of gaming. Um, and then the literal sense, our first opening graphics were literally faces of people who were in gaming. Um, but that's really where it came through or came from was just the idea of exposing these different faces of games in video games. Um, we got time for maybe one more. Oh, <laughs> Vincent, with housekeeping going so long these days, what's the dividing line on how big a topic needs to be in order to become a real topic? Good question. Um, well, honestly, I mean, if you there, they do go on, but we never spend more than like. I don't know, 10 minutes on one of the housekeeping topics usually. Mm -hmm. And the B-roll that I create for each main topic is at least 18 minutes long. So, and we go through the whole B-roll pretty much every time when we talk about a main topic in the show. So I guess 18 minutes is the cutoff. If I think a topic can last for 18 to 20 minutes, then I'll move it into the bulk of the show. Now keep in mind, 
housekeeping as the year wears on will start shrinking and shrinking and shrinking until like it has like the top two or three stories from the week in it and then the rest of the show is just games but that's when all the games are coming out in q4 and we have like two or three huge games for every episode of game face okay we'll answer one more um erebus jones since you were so close to winning name that game we'll answer your question sony is reportedly investing two billion dollars into live service games is this a genius move I have a feeling Erebus Jones is being a little facetious there. <laughs> a tad. Yeah, because Erebus, I think most people know that you're an Xbox player. Um, at least based upon your behavior on Sifted anyway. Um, you generally discuss topics around Xbox a lot. Um, so I think he's being a little sarcastic or facetious here. Um, no, I don't think it's a genius move, but I think it's the right move if... That's your catalog going forward. Yeah. Like those that's their games. Like they have to spend money to market their games. And yeah, so you're you're kind of already there, so you gotta all go all in. It's like once you made the decision that this was your focus for the next few years, then you yeah, you gotta dedicate the marketing mm-hmm. money to back I mean, up the bet. Yeah, you either throw two billion dollars in or you completely pivot and end up with you kinda end up in an Xbox situation where you don't have anything to release for a year or yep. two. Yep. And I imagine it's probably in the end better to release mediocre received live service games than nothing yeah and so i think it's i don't know if it's genius or smart but they had to do it so all i can say is ghost of tsushima 2 better be in there somewhere yeah and not as a live service game just something yeah. for me to play while i wait for that storm um, to blow over one final one norks nessie asks i noticed not all the invisible walls episodes are available do you know where they are i do not um so ign bought that whole catalog and they were just sent all our archives on gigantic terabyte drives and it was up to them to sort through all this stuff and put it up um and ryan stevens was the one who handled a lot of sent of getting that stuff onto drives he might be the better guy to ask on twitter or something um but i don't know like if they're missing episodes then that's pretty much just because ign just missed them on the drives or they weren't on the drive but more likely more likely, IGN just missed them when they went to post everything on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there's nothing I can do for you to help. I wish I could. I mean, at least at least some of them are there. It's better you can say about X-Play. That's true. Yeah. Because there's tons of missing episodes of X-Play. We made 1,300-something episodes of X-Play, and maybe there's like 200 online. Yeah. Like, I'm sh- absolutely sure about half X-Play of X-Play is gone forever. That sucks. Or on master tapes that were reused. Or, or we like, need to go break into the E-offices. In, they're in a vault. No, that, the E-offices are long gone. They're, they're all up in deep storage up in Burbank somewhere. Uh, I don't know. I don't, know who, I don't even know who I'd talk to to get access to those. It sucks. I did make DVD rips of 200 or so epi- of, of the episodes with stuff I really liked that I did or things that I thought were good. You know, but, but the most important stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ripped all those uh, onto my hard drive. So I have digital backups of in you know SD quality because that's what they were. So I have backups of like what I think are the key, you know, the key maybe one fifth of yeah. the show. Um, but there's tons of stuff, you know, the, and, you know, look, there's a guy, uh, Spooie, who was one of the biggest, like, archiver I remember him, yeah. guys, uh, the fans, and he has a, he has a channel that he puts stuff, up. he got tons of stuff up there, but there are episodes that I don't think even he has. Lost. Yep. All right, there you go. That's Game Face 350. Before we go, don't forget, head to creamls.com slash sifted and check out LS Cream. If you haven't bought a bottle yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. It is literally like turned into one of my go-to mixers for every drink that I make. Again, make sure you use that URL, creamls.com slash sifted, S-I-F-T-D. If you're listening to this show on any of the podcast services out there, and it's on all of them, or if you're watching this show on YouTube, 
head to patreon.com slash sifted and give us a pledge. Even if you just pledge $1 and you go to sifted.net, you get rewards just for $1 a month on sifted.net. You can use our premium forums. You get a nameplate. Of course, if you pledge $4 or more per month, you get all our content immediately. Um, if you pledge just $2 a month, you get all Pactor Factor immediately without having to jump through the hoops of subscribing with Twitch Prime, which by the way, you should do that as well if you can. But really, Patreon is the way if you really want to support us and make sure that we stick around. That's the way to do it because we can count on that money more than the Twitch Prime stuff, I can tell you. We can definitely count on a lot more than the Twitch Prime stuff right now because those numbers are real low. So anyway, Try to support us if you can. If you can't afford anything, you can help us in other ways. You can share the show on your Twitter feed. You can share the show on your Facebook account. You can go and review the show on podcast services. That's a very easy thing to do that will help us a ton. Reviews on podcast services are very important. That's how the stuff gets bubbled up. There are like... 500 video game podcasts on pretty much every podcast service. Without reviews for our show, we just get lost in the mosh. So if you really like what we're doing, write us a review and just be honest about it and say, this. We I love this show. If you love games, you'll love Game Face. There's tons of stuff you can do no matter how much money you have or you don't have to help us, and I hope that you will do that. So we'll be back next Tuesday right here at twitch.tv slash siftedgames at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. I can't really think about what we're going to be talking about next week yet. Mm, better, better hope some news happens <laughs> we'll figure it out we always do no matter I'll do what a, i'll do an hour-long explication of why the flash failed that? <laughs> well we always make the show fun and so do you guys in chat thanks to everybody in chat for we had a great day today on for like our the hype train and like we had tons of people subscribing with twitch prime you guys are awesome vincent reminds us pikmin yeah pikmin 4 will mm. be in next week's show which we just talked about last week but anyway we'll see you guys next tuesday Game phase is up and out.